Previously on the Pod Charles Cinecast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another exciting edition of Jedi Egghead. Our guest tonight is host of the world famous Pod Charles Cinecast, Jonathan Foster. Come on down. Yay! Now, in my hand, I have five questions. Answer each one of them correctly, or at least some of them correctly, and you could win yourself one of our three magnificent prizes. How many times did the word Ewok said in Return of the Jedi? Zero. Bang, you got it. Congratulations! You got all and or some of those right. Now here's your chance to win one of those wonderful prizes I was telling you about. Now, in front of you, John, you have three doors, each with the name of an original Star Wars movie. We have A New Hope, The Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. Behind each of those doors is a prize. Which prize, and by proxy, which Star Wars movie is your favorite, is up to you. Jonathan, your future awaits. Pick a door. I'm going to go with Yoji New Hope. Oh, yeah. It's the Sarlacc pit. Boy, am I jealous. Oh, no. I hope you got your bags packed and said goodbye to your loved ones, because you're in for a bumpy fucking ride. (laughs) But I don't want to... I don't want to go. Off you go. No! Hey, is that Brian De Palma? (laughs) (laughs) Brian, how did you end up down here in the Sarlacc pit? You know, me and my science fair projects and following people around. I used to follow my father around when he was cheating on my mother. Really? I took photographs of him. You know, could see a woman going in and out, stuff like that. It was all taking place at his office, which was down the street from our house. And I had broken into the office by ramming my fist through the glass door. You did that? And I, was, I had a knife with me and I threatened him and I said, where is she? And I had to search through the office and I finally found her in the closet on the third floor. To Jabba the Hutt. Well, what did he do? Well, he was a little bit surprised, to say the least. Jabba must have been really angry if he put his only son down here. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Brian. Uh, this is, uh, yeah, I gotta get this. This is my space bear. Hello? Hey, is this, uh, Gorlax 7? Yeah, this is Jonathan. Yeah, I'm down in, yeah, I'm down in the Sarlacc pit. Are you in Tatooine? Oh yeah, you, you're you're hovering over it, yeah. Yeah, just come on down, you, you can't miss it. I mean, it's basically the only giant hole with a big set of teeth and tentacles coming out of it. You can't miss it, yeah. Oh yeah, I think I see you, great, great, cool. Thank you. All right, so yeah, Brian, that's me off, man. Uh, my space Uber's almost here. Uh, would you like to come with me? I can't hear that! I'm sorry, man. I think you have a really unhealthy relationship with your father, and I think it's not going to help anything being done in this pit, so maybe you should come with me. I can't listen to that! Alright, man. Suit yourself. Bye, Brian.
Wait. What? Where am I? Ugh. I'm still stuck in the Sarlacc pit. I can't believe I'm still down here! I've gotta get out of here. Come on, Brian. Think. That's it. The fire always gets them. Alright, that's your hand through the hole. Come on, pull yourself out, Brian. Let's go, De Palma. Let's go, pull yourself out. That's it. Come on, you're the director of Scarface. The world is yours. Now it's time to get John and Phil of the Pod Charles Cinecast. I'm recording it and we're doing a bunch of episodes today so I had to bring up old projects and I clear them and I sort of I keep the titles and stuff so the one the track I'm recording this one on is the one we used for the uh, Ewok special <laughs> <laughs> nice. just just to like tie it off perfect. and yeah. I didn't know until I double clicked it and I called it Ewoks in the Hood uh, <laughs> yeah. and it's just like oh man it's just full circle and like that gives you uh not a clue. I don't know. Maybe gets you in the right mindset for the kind of episode you're about to listen to. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but feel like, you know, could we get in trouble? Do you think being a podcast for maybe not delivering what the actual title of this episode says? Mm -hmm. It's like one thing if we say like, you know, the week before, like, you know, next yeah, week yeah. we're going to talk about going in 60 seconds. And then the next week we just don't do it. Yeah. Because fuck it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've done that before. We've done it multiple times. Yeah. And it, and it will actually, like, the episode title will be something completely different. Yeah. Um, it will be so called Gone in 60 Seconds. It won't be misleading. But it won't be that. Yeah. Because, like, if, if you know, if it's titled what it's titled and someone clicks on it and it's not that, like, is there any way we can get in trouble legally? Oh, well, like false advertising? Yeah. No, because it's free. That's true. True. So... 
And no one's listening anyway. Nobody's listening. It's just for you and me. <laughs> we might get in trouble for like, I might listen and be like, wait, this isn't right. Okay. Well, I don't want to. Are we I, talking I, about stealing Harvard again? Is that why? Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't want to get in trouble. So I guess we should just go ahead and fucking do it. I guess we have to. Welcome to the Pod Troll Cinecast. <laughs> presented by the Prince Charles Cinema. Oh, deflated. <laughs> and the Breadcrumbs Collective. Phil. It's Star Wars on May the 4th, and I can't believe that we're talking about this bullshit again. It's <laughs> Star Wars, <laughs> it's the beginning of the war, trade embargoes and politics are all around. It's Star Wars, we're back on Tatooine, but now we have pod races and young Patty Wands. It's Star Wars. <laughs> certainly is a bore but that double lightsaber is kind of cool it's star war i forgot that padme was a groomer jar jar is a loser but darth maul kind of rules it's star war how does no one notice that palpatine is a bad guy makes the jedis look really dumb it's star war the kid from jing all the way is horrible i can't Wait until he is replaced with Hayden Christensen. <laughs> it's Star Wars. Back on May the 4th. I still don't understand why it's called The Phantom Menace. Star Wars. <laughs> Bill, it's May the 4th. What are we talking about today? Happy holiday. Um, we're talking about Star Wars, colon, episode one, colon, <laughs> underscore, underline, The Phantom Menace, The Rise of Skywalker, part one. Part one. Uh, fuck, I don't the, fucking know, man. The original Rise of Skywalker. The original, honestly. Like, literally, he probably did rise a little bit, you know, the little kid. It's a coming of age story, you know. When a he little, that angel, bro. A little nine-year-old boy finds an angel. You, you know. You know, we talked about last week how it could have been a metaphor for something else. I feel like yeah. this is definitely a metaphor <laughs> for something else. Um, we could honestly, you could just you could cut the episode there. That song is pretty much my <laughs> it opinion. Sums up the whole movie. It's brilliant. It's beautiful. Yeah. So succinct. So melodical. prophecy of the one who will bring balance to the force you believe it's this boy he can see things before they happen he can help you the force is unusually strong with him he was meant to help you Anakin, come on to take off will i ever see you again what does your heart tell you are you sure about this trusting our fate to a boy we hardly know anakin skywalker 
Meet Obi-Wan Kenobi. I sense much fear in you. The boy is dangerous. They all sense it. Why can't you? Fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. <laughs> Well, in grand tradition, ladies and gentlemen, um, we're bucking tradition of all these Star Wars episodes over here on the PCC podcast. Because every other one, Phil has taken the reins of being kind of the host, the lead host and everything. And I get to sit back and talk shit. Well, we're, we're bucking that tradition. <laughs> we're Phil, going back to normal. We're going back to normal. Um, it's mainly because Phil sucks. Um, he's bad at sure. doing... No, no, that's true. <laughs> Phil is actually about to make his movie soon and he needs his brain to be focused on other things and doesn't have time to um, basically spend an entire day writing out an episode uh, about well, like a really really horrible movie although um, I would love to <laughs> but apparently I do yeah. um, so <laughs> but I'll keep to Phil's traditions we'll see if we ever talk about any of these again um, it'll really depend on how we feel after this episode yeah but I'll keep to Phil's traditions. And if he wants to take back the reins for the next two, you know, or any other future ones, then we'll we'll talk about that down the road. But cool. keeping in Phil's traditions, we're gonna we're gonna start out with the opening crawl. That music's mm. Turmoil has engulfed the Galactic Republic. The taxation of trade routes to outlying star system is in dispute. I'm already Boy, dude. fucking bored. Fucking boy, dude. Fucking Come on. What? Come on. What are you talking about? What? Right away. All right, right maybe away. This will help. Maybe this will help. Hoping to resolve the matter with a blockade of death. <laughs> um, no. Stop talking. What? Stop writing, George Lucas. Okay. A blockade of deadly battleships. The greedy Trade Federation has stopped all shipping to the small planet of Naboo. To be honest, like, if you actually do go and read this, it actually kind of makes the film make more sense because, like, it makes no sense otherwise. While the Congress of the Republic endlessly debates this alarming chain of events, the Supreme Chancellor has secretly dispatched two Jedi Knights, the guardians of peace and justice in the galaxy, to settle the conflict. It's the 1999 first installment of the prequel trilogy written and directed by George Lucas. Star Wars Episode 1, The Phantom Menace, Phil Hot Takes Out the Gate. Hot take. Fool. <laughs> They've been fluttering out of the gate already. Yeah. <sighs> That's a hard one. Like, I have so many feelings about Star Wars in general, and you know that about me. Mm-hmm. And the prequels are they're such a, you know, a mixed bag, and it's hard to talk about. One, because I grew up with them, so I'm already partial to them. People of my age like them more than people who grew up in the original trilogy and who people who grew up in the sequel trilogy. But so it's like, you know, I enjoy them and I enjoy them mainly because I think they tell a really epic, beautiful story. And if I can boil down the problems with all three, it's that the execution isn't great. 
And that's just George Lucas coming in and doing everything himself for some reason, writing <laughs> yeah. and directing. And like he's so all task. Yeah, it, it's just like, it's just, it's so well done in terms of scope and ideas and themes and characterizations and arcs, all that stuff is dead on. It's, it's like, it's great. It's everything else that falls by the wayside. It's mm. dialogue and acting and it's, that stuff that needs to work for you to give a shit about the big stuff. Yeah. There's the disconnect here. And yeah. it's the most prevalent in this movie, I think. There's no there's no doubt that he is a great ideas guy. Yeah. You know, there's no doubting that. It's like it's literally like I mean, I know some like you have to let me get this whole idea out, but it's literally mm-hmm. like another Famous director that we've shadow on a little bit, especially over on Patreon. We talked about his latest film, Mr. M. Night Shyamalan. And we will Good hopefully time. maybe one day, because we keep joking about it, and it would be really fun to just blast through his filmography for fun over there on Patreon.com forward slash the PCC podcast. Freaking cage. Freaking cage. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, like, it's like the fact that like M. Night Shyamalan, it's similar in the fact that he has a lot of big ideas that are really fun and silly. But then it's just like when he puts pen to paper, he's not the best at actually getting all those ideas out, especially in terms of dialogue and like. Sure, exactly. And I think like Lucas had like a really obviously like this great start to his career and stuff and promising young writer producer who's surrounded himself with a lot of like people who helped him become like people yeah a big deal in hollywood and then he has money so it's like he's the he's like if m night Shyamalan got fucking money like a lot of money like m night Shyamalan's got money but like too much money and then you get this bullshit you know what i mean like imagine if m night Shyamalan's unbreakable universe or whatever was like given like Marvel levels of money, you know, like what, it, what, yeah. what he would have been pooping out. Um, but <laughs> like, this, this is like, you know, this film, man, Jesus Christ, it is, it is definitely a film of like great ideas, some really awesome bits and pieces, a grand scope. Yeah. It's a star Wars movie. For, oh, for sure. But it is drowning. And shit that, like, I don't understand who it's for. And I don't care. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, I'm getting, I'm, I'm of two minds. Like, I think this movie has two excellent sequences. Yes. And the problem is, you have to wait an hour between each one. Yeah. Well, let me guess, because these are my favorites. Yeah. The pod racing sequence. Of course. Fun. Yeah. And Duel of the Fates, fucking yeah. double lightsaber battle. Those scene sequences are brilliant they're yeah. like just perfect they're masterful storytelling action filmmaking at its fucking finest especially the fight at the end because there's so much at stake there you have to just drag through a lot of honestly all with all the dumb shit that's in this movie watching it is fine it's watchable it's enjoyable in part but it's just it's just boring mm-hmm. it's just boring <laughs> yeah, and you don't give so a shit like and it does this good thing like the others do or the original does throws you into the middle of the quote-unquote action. Yeah. all it, it throws you into the middle of a, an ongoing conflict and you kind of have to figure it out as you go. It's like it's immediate from the crawl. It's taxation and trade routes and embargoes and treaties and you're like, what the fuck am I... It, 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 it's Star Wars. It's a very political-driven you know, action movie. But like, yeah, who who is that for? Because those bits I'm tuning out. Yeah. But like also at the same time, 
Darwin's always for kids. And I'll always say that. I'll always say that it's a family-friendly movie, and this is the most kid-friendly because it's literally about a kid. Yeah, and it's got all these weird, dumb comic relief characters yeah. that are beyond fucking annoying. But there's this kid at the center of it who saved the galaxy. Yeah, and, and like, he gets and to does have it by accident. Fun moments. <laughs> he yeah. gets to have fun moments, and if you're a kid watching, you'd be like, "Oh, that's like me." It's like, and I get it. So there's those bits, but then there's lots of fucking people sitting in boardrooms talking just non-stop so it just doesn't long, matter too. it's so but like if you extrapolate it it's really simple and what yeah. needs to happen is very simple the only thing that needs to happen is by the end Palpatine is now Chancellor yeah and that he's and he's manipulated by the way he's the Phantom Menace <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> and, yeah and in the second and third movie that gets more and more and he can cut the whole fucking proxy war in order to establish emergency powers and then that's how he destroys the republic and turns into an empire and becomes a dictator and that story what exactly and it's like nazi germany it's brilliant and it's a brilliant analogy and it's really wonderfully told but it gets so bogged down in all this shit you know and you just pick things that you like to look at along Mm -hmm. the way like this is the last movie last star wars movie really with a genuine i guess before the new one a genuine mix of practical and cgi yeah and the cgi is groundbreaking a lot of it is really tainted. And so, so it's like, I like, I can appreciate Jar Jar for what it is, but like also fuck Jar Jar. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just get it out of the way. But also if you're watching this on Disney Plus, which is I'm assuming you watched it on. That's how I, I watched it, it on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're getting the most recent updated versions the of it. The best looking version. That, like yeah. is basically Lucas years later went back just like he did with his original Could he redid Yoda and, he and everything. He redid Yoda. He redid like. I'm sure they probably redid bits of Jar Jar. They redid Watto. They did like everything. Like everything is just like top the line looking out. And it's just like, ah, for fuck's sake. But like, okay, let me get this out of the way real real quick as well. Mm -hmm. Because this was like a a thing that bothers me in this movie. For a movie, for a series that is so anti-fascist, this movie feels incredibly anti-Semitic. Oh, yeah. I mean, it got a lot of shit back in the day for Watto. Oh, good. Yeah. Watto and the um, the Trade Federation guy, the guy in the hat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're just, it's just really not subtle. It's like Merchant of Venice level, like level of like Jewish caricature. Yeah. And it's just, it's so strange because that's not the move. That's not like the soul of the movie. It's obviously trying to empower those that are people like that who have seen obviously have been destroyed by the effects of you know dictatorships and fucking evil men with too much power but this yeah this movie is like uh, casually like putting the characters in there and it's like it's really weird to watch to really it just had to put it out there because mm. it made me like yeah really think twice watching it like i just like don't and like that's something you could change now you could make, you know, like the CGI, right? Like, or at least some of them are, and you could, you could do stuff with them, and just it's just strange. I guess better to like that was your choice, and you have to live with it now. But yeah, for a film that's all about sort of the it's sort of warning you about the danger of these systems and what happens when tyrannical, egotistical men are allowed to sort of run wild with power. You get you know, conglomerates exploiting people and you have ineffectual leaders and you have a distant police force who just only, like, make things worse. That's something I like about this movie, that George Lucas lets the Jedi be shit. Yeah. They're bad. They're actively <laughs> bad at their job. Yeah. And, like, 
but then that just makes me not like no bit that I met that should get me engaged. Like Anakin being ripped from his mother should be really upsetting, and it is on paper. But that kid, the kid is annoying. The <laughs> mum really, is like being deli- is delivering like she's like delivering like room level dialogue, yeah, and like. You know, Qui Gon is a prick. Like, why didn't he just take her? Yeah. You know, it's just like everything at at, at work. It's like it, it's working against you getting emotionally engaged yeah. in the movie. It's it's like these things that also just don't make sense and stuff as well. Like, and I I feel like you and I had a we were talking because I start watching Mandalorian and I was like yeah, yeah. we were talking about it like off off air uh, last time we recorded and and we were kind of laughing about like how they use Jedi or like the whole idea of Jedi kind of gets the Jedi to kind of get thrown around and it's used willy nilly, like kind of like however they see fit and like the rules of, of the Jedi and their code and things that they like um, they're able to sense. And it, it's yeah, just like, yeah. however it's convenient for the story. Yeah, yeah. And in a way it actually used to be easier to kind of get away with it because it was more mysterious with the original yeah, trilogy. Yeah. Now this film explains, like, it away. <laughs> explains it all away, but then you've, you're still sort of like, okay, well, if they can sense things in the force, how come they can't sense that like Palpatine is, is fucking Sith Lord. Uh, like, yeah, is, he's right. Fucking is there bear. like any sort of thing that like blocks that? And then yeah. there's like all the things with Anakin is he too, he's too old. He's the anger there and all that. Yeah. Like, there's all these they little stuff. They to suffer. <laughs> <laughs> They've got all that sort of stuff going on and it's just sort of silly, man. It's just like, it he's makes too old it, to brainwash, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, it just makes it so bizarre and like how they decide that like, okay, well, I think it was even part of, as part of Liam Neeson's, input on the film as well that like he had like basically said that he should have more of a you know affectionate and emotional relationship like uh connection to anakin's mother there's a whole thing where he puts his hand on the shoulder and uh george lucas didn't really <laughs> yeah yeah it's a bit yeah. of a, a little bit of, hey okay oh. Oh, a little a bit of later thought action yeah. <laughs> yes um but i think i think george lucas at first like didn't like the idea of that and like uh liam neeson was sort of like you know pitching it to him that he would have this emotional sort of aspect like you know thing it to would it. help <laughs> but like at the same time they're like the jedi are supposed to be devoid of all that that's supposed to be like monk and there should be more of a conflict there and i feel like there's not a conflict there and if there is it would have been it's better kind if of he there, just grabbed her. Why, why, why does he have to listen to this fucking slave owner? Like, and make deals with slave owners and keep his word? Like, what? Why, why, don't why you does just that fall into everyone? the Jedi code? Someone being a slave owner. It doesn't make why sense. Is that fight? That's what I mean. But that's what I mean with, like, that he's letting them be portrayed. But, like, they're essentially, like, the elite guards of the government, right? And they go down and they fucking... They're dealing with ambassadors and, you know, peace treaties and meetings. And they mm. just, they fucking sit around, they justify their own existence, but they don't help these people, these like way down in the dirt planet. Yeah. And it's all part of their jurisdiction, all part of their galaxy. That's how separated the Jedi have become. That needs to be the case. But like, yeah, there's no actual conflict of that. One of you needs to do that. Well, either it's Obi-Wan being a stickler for the rules and Qui-Gon trying to break away. Or vice versa. And yeah. like, honestly, like Liam Neeson is good in this. Fair enough. But like, 
oh man, I feel like to just take all his stuff and give it to Obi-Wan. You know what I mean? Like he just, he's like, we've said it before. Hugh McGregor is the best thing about the prequel. Yeah. And I think it would have done a lot of good to just have him be the focus and you meet and learn about Anakin through him. So yeah. the whole thing ends up being about Anakin, but not really about Obi-Wan. Same thing with the original whole thing about Luke, but not really the whole thing about Vader. You could do that here, but like, I also understand for the purposes of Lucas's grand story, this is how Obi-Wan needs to be. He needs to be kind of resentful and he doesn't like Anakin. Mm. He's forced to take care of this kid. It's the last, it's the wish of his dying, last wish of his dying master. And he holds it up, but he doesn't, he can't be this father figure to him. And because of that, Anakin sort of slowly loses control and, yeah. just, you know, descends into the dark side, but like, or that's part of it. So, but so all the scenes are there, and I appreciate those moments, knowing what happens next, knowing what happens to his mother is upsetting, but it's just there wasn't enough reasoning to tell me why they couldn't just take her and why they ever had to do the, you know, the pod race is fucking cool, but why did he have to do it? You, you two are fully grown men, Jedi's, in fact. You couldn't do it. Like, you put, you actively put this kid in danger. Yeah. yeah. And you let this, this horrible, like, abuse of human rights laws happen right under your nose. Like, yeah, you're right. It just doesn't ever make any sense. It needs to happen <laughs> yeah. because of the way he's laid it out. But it's really frustrating. Yeah, yeah. I think that's just like, that's these films in general. That goes back into there's a lot of good ideas, but it's just frustrating of how they're like, they're laid out. And mm. it and it just takes an abysmally long time to get to like the cool things. And it's uh, like, I mean back on from memory and I know I wasn't like totally a hundred percent digging like the original trilogy. And I, you know, and this only sort of further emphasizes that my opinions of like these films not being that great in general anyway, but mm. they're like fun ideas sure. um, and they're fun to look at. And because of like star Wars is like a culture, culture and classic legacy, especially those original three films. Um, it, I feel like it kind of gets away with not being criticized like, you know, from a modern standpoint of like just it being a good like there's moments for real that are good, but I just they make them a good film. But like, you know, it's like they're still kind of boring at times and there's still <laughs> things that are just stupid about them or like just in mm. poor taste or like, you know, just through a modern lens, just sort of like. Eh. And then when you're, you know, just like wallowing in George Lucas's like his fucking wake of his wank fest with his like <laughs> CGI, you know, re-envisioning of his like stupid worlds world, and you're having yeah. to watch this shit like, and it just doesn't look real anymore. And it just looks really odd because it's like, you know, today you can kind of get away with it because like the way films look today that are like the newer star Wars is like the way there's a mix of, Mm-hmm. You know, like in the Mandalorian is a really good example. There's a mix of the special effects, show, but there's yeah. a really good amount of practical effects. It's going grounded. Well. There are sets. Yeah, and there are costumes, and it looks yeah. real and it blends together really nicely. But like th- those films back in the day were like they they look like they're from the 70s and the 80s, and they have that look to them. And when you yeah. go and add this like weird that. 90s like 2000s pastiche of like super uber duber like you know like special effects it just looks fucking odd it's just like it's weird to look at and this film suffers from it as well even though Mm. it's far less removed um but like the special edition stuff they were doing to it like it just 
it's odd. It makes it look weird. It's odd, and there's a lot of it, especially by the end. Like again, pro- I'm just gonna say, I'll when I think of things, I'll say it because there's a lot. Like props to this movie. Like I appreciate. Like it's something that the newer ones are, are afraid to do. Mm. This movie starts and it's just using the familiar language of Star Wars, but it's all new shit. Yeah, new planet, new characters, new world, new environment. Everything is new. And it's incredible, mm-hmm. right? You're seeing like Naboo and the underwater world and then Coruscant. You get a lot of Tatooine. I'll give you that. Um, but in general, the whole new world. And it feels like a whole, like the galaxy is in a completely different place. I feel like I get a really good handle of like what the Republic, the old Republic would like in its heyday or at least in its last days. So like that's really good. And it also sort of mirrors the first one in really like simple ways and just in simple plot beats. And Anakin and Luke sort of journey mirror each other. And the ending is very similar. It's yeah. Sort of, it's a Death Star type thing. That's why it didn't bother me that much with fucking Force Awakens. Because like Phantom Menace did the same fucking thing. Yeah, they thing. just keep And they had a it. child do it. They keep doing it. And I don't mind that. I don't mind that. I think that's like quite, it's just like this, this lovely circle theory happening with Star Wars. And, you know. I mean, that's why I actually kind of like The Mandalorian because it just feels like it's just a new story. Yeah, yeah. Although they're exactly. riffing off a lot of other stories they, out there. They come back to But Star Wars that, riffed yeah. off of like fucking Kurosawa, you know, it's a it can all be this yeah. one like mess of a thing. Yeah. But yeah, so it's riffing off that and it's got all these new elements. It get, it gets to that point at the end where it's like, oh, we're kind of doing the it's like the ending of the old but like the old one, it was like just a death star fight. Yeah. And then, you know, like Return of the Jedi, there was like maybe three, two or three things happening. This is like, there's four or five things happening. There's a lot, yeah. Jumping around. There's fucking, yeah, Anakin destroying the space station. There's the Duel of the Fates fight with Obi-Wan, Qui-Gon, and Darth Maul. There's fucking Padme and her guard trying to get through the palace, um, trying to get the leaders. Yeah, to arrest the Viceroy. Yeah, the Viceroy. And then there's Jar Jar on the ground leading the Gungan. Oh, God, and that's the worst part. That's I, the worst I, bit. Oh, man. All right, against so the droid army. With the droids, I just don't and like the just, droids. I don't like the droids. Just, it's all CGI, man. Yeah. It's just all, and it's so much of it. And it, it's like, but you're using it to like do like really shit slapstick jokes. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, that's just, it's too much at the end. It's way too much. Like, take it down, combine them. But yeah, and it's like, that's when it really starts to feel quite removed because to get like the lightsaber fight, it's two guys who have three and then two guys who have just learned their choreography really fucking well. Yeah. And that's why that scene is so visceral. And that's why it's annoying that they keep cutting away to like yeah. a very just like, I don't want to oh. see fucking Jar Jar Binks. Fuck off. <laughs> we all have our crust to bear, man. And the prequels, I think have it worse. My neighbors are probably like, what's going on? Damn. Yeah. Fucking watching episode one again. Shit, dude. I heard, I heard someone on, on YouTube, uh, do, they were reviewing, um, Phantom Menace, and I thought they put it well. Like, Jar Jar's annoying because you can kind of understand what he said, but you always have to think about it, and that's more annoying. Yeah. Like, he just said something, and you're like, okay, that's what he meant, because it's kind of half English, half thing, and it's just, I don't know, it's really it's weird. And like that guy got too much shit and the character got too much shit. Same thing with Jake Lloyd, got too much shit. It's not their fault. It's really not their fault, but like, Fuck, they don't help things. <laughs> Definitely not. All right, well, I think we should just get into it because we've got a beast of an episode here. It is a... Oh, uh, shit. It's going to be yeah. a meaty boy, I think. Um, but, Phil, before that, let's just... I think we're going to need sustenance for it. 
Let's go to a galaxy far, far away. Snack time! I'm desperate for good times, although it seems hopeless. But if we have a snack time, our hope will grow. Oh, oh, snack time. It's snack time. What do you got? You got anything? Again, yeah, I got one thing. Again, like last week, just whatever I have in the house. And we had an event just before I got COVID. We had a screening of Rounders. You ever Ooh. see that movie, Rounders? Uh, yeah, back in the day. Not bad, that little poker yeah. movie. But John Malkovich is like the bad guy in it, mm-hmm. and he eats um, Oreos Ooh. during the game. And so they, I got a shitload of free Oreos in the house. Nice. So I have an Oreo, and you know, maybe it looks like a spaceship. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's the thing. Maybe it looks like you know that little ball thing that Darth Maul is sending off. I don't know. Bro, yeah, maybe it's like the big orb that the fucking boss Nass or whatever his name is. (laughs) That guy. (laughs) What the fuck is that, dude? Uh, What's Um, your problem? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's like the big orb he's holding at the end in that really awkward. Again, same shot at the original. Like every film, the step, they all got the medal, and it's every just like, film. but but none of them are like really not the original. Looking at just each other. every film ends that. Every Star Wars film ends in a goddamn celebration. <laughs> There's lots to celebrate. We burnt someone. We cut a dude in half. <laughs> I love it. So this is my snack for Phantom Menace: cool. the fucking Oreo. Well, I mean, Oreos are great. How many? Well, I mean, how many? What? How many sides to a lightsaber are you giving out? How many fucking? Blades does your like lightsaber have? <laughs> it's hard with Oreos. They're classic. Obviously, they're classic. Mm-hmm. And these are Batman ones. Ooh, even better. The only thing I have against Oreos is that they get stuck in your teeth. Yeah. And some, but they're banging. But we're not. We're I- not like because I could easily go off on like so many snacks. I've given fives to for doing the exact same thing. So with a. Yeah, getting stuck in your teeth or make it they're like not socially like basically last week's snack i had the or like two weeks ago i had the uh the um space raiders and those are like Ah, basically social like you're you're not you're not going out after social suicide suicide snacks yeah this has batman on it so i have to give it five okay cool well phil we're in a galaxy far far away and it's a very dumb movie and i think we have to call back to like you know type of brain that you might need to enjoy a film like this um mm. it's a galaxy smooth milk or a smooth brain beautiful um oh man it's it's been sitting it's melted here. it's kind of melted it's been sitting here like uh probably in the sun for like oh no not so smooth anymore i mean no it's an ultra smooth <laughs> it's <laughs> ultra smooth too smooth, smooth it's brain. like poo poo smooth um, <laughs> it's like the poo that Jar Jar Binks stepped in. Oh my god! Why was that in this film? It's not a good joke. Even why would like, any of it up? Jar Jar Binks, I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> I got banished for like crashing my car or whatever it was, and they want to kill me. Fucking weird. How many? Um, mm. Take real good taste. How many? Um, 
I'm on a good one. How many Darth Maul legs do you give it? Darth Maul legs? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we get cut in half. The <laughs> legs just go fucking separate. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. Well, that, like, you know, because he gets cut in half, so his legs. How many, just... yeah, like how many Darth Maul, like. Bottom halves. Bottom half? <laughs> like. <laughs> Tortured. I'll give it like a solid four. This is actually pretty nice. All right. Pretty nice chocolate. Um, this Galaxy Smooth Milk. Uh, it's not bad. And also as a bonus. Brucey bonus. Nice. What you got? To chase it down with. <laughs> a intergalactic limited edition flavor Coca-Cola. Holy Zero shit. Sugar. Intergalactic. Oh my God. Um, look how spacey it looks. Yeah, what's intergalactic? Is it just that the can is all spacey? Or is the flavor different? Um, I'm not going to lie. I've already had one of these a couple of it's days ago. It's got stardust in it. I got two because I wanted to try it, and then I got a second just for this episode. Oh, Ooh. fuck yeah. That sounded amazing. Um, but this is just to enjoy, but like, it almost tastes sort of like a vanilla Coke, to be honest. Okay. Like, so I don't really understand what is supposed to be intergalactic about it, <laughs> unless if that's where it tastes got, like sand. Unless that's where they get vanilla from. Mm-hmm. It's uh, from they get it from space. space. That's cool. I mean, I don't know where vanilla came from. Like, I don't give a shit to like look it up. For so every, for all I know, it could be from an intergalactic planetary intergalactic planet. <laughs> yeah, okay, maybe well. every one you buy, like a portion of it goes to Lucasfilm. Or <laughs> maybe we should start doing that. We should sell snacks sell and snacks. every yeah, and a portion goes to our freaking, freaking cage, cage fund. Oh yeah. man, it's happening slowly. It's gonna happen. We're going to get that telethon, telethon coming up, you know? Once great, Phil yeah. is done making his movie, we're going we're gonna to go do off. a live telethon. Freaking a cage. <laughs> we're going to have a bunch of guests on. <laughs> get performing. Petros caged in. Yeah. To just talk about the virtues of Nicolas Cage movies. Yeah, you, you can know? do like a TED Talk on Nick Cage. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Uh, all right, Phil. 16 years after Return of the Jedi and 22 years after his last directing gig with A New Hope, George Lucas would have fans lining up in front of cinemas for hours on end in anticipation to see what the famed director and producer had in store for the return to his intergalactic <laughs> adventure series. I love that. I love that. He made people wait 16 years for this. It's amazing, isn't it? It's, it's so good. Like I'll do. I'm, I've got a whole spiel planned for the end of this. Yeah. Just how like inspirational I find this. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. But a lot had changed over those 16 years, Phil. Technology. Yeah, technology <laughs> changed. Lucas he had a varying degree of success as a producer with the Indiana Jones film series and his television show. There was a labyrinth that he helped produce. He produced The Land Before Time, and that was a big hit. All those films and oh, stuff man. were big hits. Love that film. And then his sequel to American Graffiti, more American Graffiti, which is a terrible name. Yeah. That's almost as bad as American Graffiti, like two. Yeah. T O O. Howard the Duck. Oh. And Willow <laughs> being huge flops. As for Star Wars related material, there are the two Ewok movies which uh, we covered over on patreon.com forward slash the PCC podcast, as well as Howard the Duck. So if you want to go support us, buy a freak a cage, 
Um, <laughs> and, you know, just go <laughs> over there. Just yeah. go find those episodes. And they are now on Disney Plus as well. They Not are. Us. So you can watch along. <laughs> like, yeah, we should be along. on Disney Plus. Fuck. Like, we you should. know, we're better than that. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you can. You, he also did the Ewok and the Droids cartoon. So that Star Wars stuff was out there. Mm. Uh, the effort that Lucas put into the original Star Wars trilogy calls strain on his marriage with his wife, Marsha, seeing him abandon a sequel trilogy and a prequel trilogy that he had planned. And the subsequent divorce alongside some of those affirmation failures, particularly Howard the Duck. <laughs> And the $50 million splurge on Skywalker Ranch saw Lucas fall into money troubles. So Lucas would offload Lucasfilm's newly launched CGI animation division to his pal Steve Jobs for around $5 million. And that company would go on to become Pixar. Yeah, love it. It wasn't all a loss as Lucasfilm's Industrial Light and Magic had continued to evolve into one of the most groundbreaking special effects companies around. And with computer-generated special effects, that would change big-budget cinema forevermore. With Star Wars, it was largely kept alive in the expanded universe in the meantime, with various novels and comics written to expand the series. The popularity of the Dark Horse comic series, as well as Timothy Zahn's Grand Admiral Thrawn novel series, proved that there was a large audience keen to visit the galaxy far far away again yeah man were you into any of that stuff yeah i had i mean the video games i played any fucking star with video game i could get my hands on mm-hmm. um some of the novels uh none of the throne stuff there was some like there was one i forget i really like called shadows of the empire i think and it's sort of like an in-between call uh i forget it was, it was set in and around the original trilogy and i, yeah. I like those stories um but i wasn't huge into the expanded universe yeah. no um i like i learned about them later about like i know they continued on with luke's story and yeah. han and leia's kid and i know some of those ideas ended up in the in the newer movies but um in general no no i'm kind of yeah. just always stuck, stuck with the i just don't have enough time in my day you know no and now you know none I mean? of them matter which is yeah. such a shame <laughs> like you know like i was sitting here like looking up like all the jedi on the jedi council in this film because mm. there's like there's like all those people in that circle and i kind of wanted to know who all of them were because i know you yeah. see a couple of them a little bit more prominently than others and sure. i got all their names and when i <laughs> found their names which i'll spill out later um we you know i was clicking on like their uh wikipedia page the wikipedia <laughs> for star wars and like they all have fucking biographies. I'm like, how? How does this fucking person who's sitting there looking like a fucking cretin with a mask on? Yeah. Like like Santa Claus, but like no face, just all fucking beard. And he's a supposed Jedi council member. Have a fucking full backstory that, that I like, don't know about. How does anyone know about? Where yeah. did that come from? And that's where I'm assuming the expanded universe is. Yeah. created it's like i don't care i don't have enough time in my day i can barely focus on like the trade rebellion fucking negotiation bullshit in this film much less like what fucking zombie b-blap did over <laughs> on fucking planet czar in yeah. 1482 before whatever anakin was born i don't give a shit before the year of our lord oh sorry uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, you add in the advancements of the CGI by ILM, and Lucas was really starting to get in, interested in returning to his beloved franchise. After viewing the work ILM did on Steven Spielberg's Jurassic Park, Lucas said, oh, We did a test uh, for Steven Spielberg, um, and when we put them on the screen, I had tears in my eyes. It was like one of those moments in history, you know, like the invention of the light bulb or a uh, first telephone call. A major gap had been crossed and things were never going to be the same. <laughs> it's like when me and Miss Piggy got married. <laughs> <laughs> I just had I just had one note. Could you know, could you make the dinosaur younger? <laughs> just a little bit younger. I just mean, a little bit younger. You know, you know like if she's like if not she's too 12, old. you know, and, and he's 35, you know, and then <laughs> then they meet again. <laughs> Stop. It's fine. Stop. If, if it, no. it's in this film, though, no, it actually does happen in this film. Yeah. It's a fucking creep. Um, <laughs> in 1992, Lucas acknowledged to Lucasfilm fan club that uh, he had plans to create the prequel trilogy, and eventually announcing this to Variety in 1993. And in 1994, Lucas began outlining a story with a 12-year-old Anakin Skywalker as a protagonist. With it being a tragedy leading to his fall to the dark side and the Darth Vader origins, which is largely what we get. But Anakin was later changed to age of nine to better fit the plot point of him being separated from his mother, which doesn't really. Yeah, it would have been good. Who cares? Yeah, it doesn't pay off anyway. Yeah. Age him up, make him a teenager. Cool. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, have you seen the concept art? He looks fucking cool in the concept art. He does, yeah. And if you see some of the behind the scenes, like even some of the actors they were looking at would have been better. But yeah, yeah. he does look cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's some of the, we'll get to some of them. But like, yeah, even the, the concept art, he kind of looks like Nick Stahl. And I think Nick Stahl would have been a little too old at the time, even still. But like, oh my God, he would have been so much better. And even like an older Anakin would have been way better than Hayden Christensen. Like next next time we talk about this, when we get into Hayden Christensen, I can't believe some of the names that they didn't go with. Yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to say it now. I'm going to go to bat for Hayden Christensen. You know, I remember liking him in those movies. We didn't say this. Okay, so Phil, without talking about Three, because three, like, we'll largely say we'll we've I don't know if we've said it yet, but the third film, I know we said it off air is like it like from what I remember, I liked it when I saw it. And Mm -hmm. I, you know, I um, last time I rewatched it, I remember thinking, okay, well, that was a step up from the first two dribble. I think it's easily the best. So don't talk about that. Okay, you you've told me that your first introduction, I think you even mentioned it on. Uh, the first Star Wars episode we did to mm. Star Wars was the second film. Yeah, When's Clonage. The, episode two, I mean. Yeah, episode two. When was when was the last time you watched that film? Yeah, all the way shut through. The <laughs> <laughs> shut right. the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Because right. uh, same with this film. Same with this film. Can't all right, so Phil, it. I was a huge fan of this film when I saw it as a little kid because like it kind of hit all the notes. It's like I think all this <laughs> stuff that. Uh, I found boring as an adult, like maybe I just wasn't paying attention as a kid and maybe no kids were. And I definitely didn't like Jar Jar as a kid. I remember thinking he was fucking weird. Never did. But Never I, did. I loved the pod racing, dude. Oh my God. And the lightsaber battles were fucking sick and it was just really fun. I loved Obi-Wan and Darth Maul was cool looking. He was a fucking devil guy and like yeah. had fucking two fucking sabers. And it was Metal, cool. bro. Really cool. 
But like rewatching it later, it was sort of like, dude, this film sucks. <laughs> and now I'm watching it again to just like, you know, because that was eight years ago or something like that that I last mm. watched it. Now I'm watching it again to reinforce this film sucks. Yeah. yeah. So cool. I don't want to hear it. You gotta, I, you right. gotta fucking wait. Right. I'm gonna you fucking can't wait. fucking say anything. Like you, because three maybe he's a little bit better, but like, dude, that like you're you're misremembering because it was the first time you fucking <laughs> saw any Star Wars films. Was the I bet, time. I bet. You're gonna ruin your childhood next time we talk about one of these. Um, oh, I hope so. <laughs> well, like Mick Foley writing "Have a Nice Day," George Lucas wrote the entire Episode One script by hand, as he is one to do. Apparently, he mm. writes all of his his uh, scripts. With a that dude's pen a fucking and a maniac. Yeah. Uh, the film's working title was The Beginning. It wasn't changed to Phantom Menace until shortly before the film's release. Lucas later revealed that the Phantom Menace title was in reference to Palpatine hiding his true identity as the evil Sith Lord behind the f- facade of a well intentioned public servant. But, like, mm. it's such a confusing name. I remember, like, uh, the fa- we'll, yeah, we'll yeah. talk about, like, I think, as we wrap up, of like, you know, trying to find some good virtues in this film. Mm. Um, but I remember like watching the people versus George Lucas oh, uh, yeah. where they were just talking about the name and like the, the Phantom Menace. What? <laughs> and it really is like that. A big influence on the Phantom Menace was the young Indiana Jones Chronicles. Rick McCallum, Lucas's producing partner who worked on the series as well, said that it was a testing bed to learn new ways of making films. As some mm. of the techniques that they perfected on the series were used in episode one. Yeah. Plus he and Lucas hired many of the people who worked on young Indiana Jones to work on this film as well. Didn't that show have like the first, or maybe the abyss, sorry, like the first like fully fledged, like computer generated character. Yeah. I think it was that, uh, the glass man, glass man. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's really cool. Plus river Phoenix. No, that's Indiana Jones three. <laughs> Then three? Oh yeah, he was. Who was the he, young Indiana Jones in the series? Some guy. Some guy. It would have been better. Could you imagine an River Indiana Phoenix. Jones series with River Phoenix? Yeah. God, I haven't seen the third Indiana Jones film in so long. I forgot. That's a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good movie. <laughs> the Last Crusade. You know who directed it? Steven Spielberg. The so other that's one. Why it's, uh... He should have got to fucking. Was there was there ever any talk of like someone else directing this? What this movie? Yeah. Well, I was get, just getting to it because Ron, oh, Ron Howard, Robert Zemeckis, and Steven Spielberg were all approached by Lucas to direct Could the Phantom Menace. Imagine, oh man! Could you imagine Spielberg version of this? Yeah, I mean, because that happened last time we did one of these. Um, Return of the Jedi apparently was offered to to Spielberg, and he turned it down, or he couldn't yeah. do it because of like directors' guild disputes. And then he offered it to David Lynch, and Lynch said "fuck that" and went and made Dune for some reason. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, he, I don't know. I mean, he he approached these guys and Ron Howard said that like all three directors basically told Lucas that he should just direct a film because they all found it too daunting and they, you know, were just like, this is your baby. You should do it. Mm. But I think in actuality, they probably saw the script and they were just like, man, Jar Jar is fucking stupid, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing that shit. I mean, Ron Howard, funnily enough, would later come back to Star Wars. Yeah. And make a very average movie, though. So. Well, there's still hope for uh, Spielberg yet, eh? You know? Yeah, I um, mean, I think he's done. Yeah. He didn't even do the, the newest Indiana Jones. I think he's yeah. like... He's just out. making whatever he wants to make. Who cares? Yeah. You know, just which is fucks. He doesn't have now, to yeah. do... Like, anyone... I, there's With a few directors... 
out there that have done some great stuff that you might get kind of annoyed at, but like, dude, Spielberg's done so much. Yeah. He can literally like, do whatever he wants. Who cares? Like, go watch, like, have you seen E.T.? Like, go watch that <laughs> shit. Close Encounters, Hook. God damn. <laughs> oh, Hook. Oh. Always good. In 1997, while production was just getting underway, Lucas decided to celebrate the 20th anniversary of the original trilogy by giving everyone a sneak peek at what he would do with his prequels. It's those shitty special editions featuring all new special effects made possible by the advancements of digital technology. And this would literally be the end of an era, wouldn't it? Because, I mean, the original yeah. films just haven't been released since. No, it was funnily, funnily enough, like... Uh... Last time I was, uh, I was with Dusty at her, like her parents' house, and they had a bunch of old tapes, and they had Return the Jedi on tape. Wow! And I was like, that might be worth a bit now. I, I mean, d- depending on like, was it the uh, original it's version? It's the original version. Yeah, that probably and like, something. Th- yeah, just because that was one of the last times where you could find it. I mean, I know you could find despecialized versions online now, but like, even I've been too lazy to do that. Yeah, <laughs> like just. It's it's such a shame. I don't know why they're only, only like missing out on money. I get this. I mean, I think Lucas probably baked it into the contract. Like, don't ever release the originals because it's yeah. sort of undone everything I try to do to them. Um, he's like, you know, he wants to be like this is the version, this is the story, this is always Star Wars. But they keep editing and adding shit on Disney Plus. Just let me have the originals if I want them. Yeah, you know, like. There's a logic to it. I get it. But like, yeah, it's such a, yeah, you're right. End of an era. Like, what, the 97? Done. Yeah. <laughs> done. done. This is Star Wars now. Fucking <laughs> Han Solo, like, breaking his neck and fucking the thing with the lip singing in Return of the Jedi. Yeah. And, oh, God, man. It's just, it's, it's all over those movies. And, like, I think Empire Strikes Back is the only one that sort of gets away with it. There's actually good additions in that one. Um, but the other two, there's multiple bits that I'm like, please stop. Yeah, please get yeah. this off my TV. <laughs> well, let's get into the film itself. The opening crawl, it reveals that the Trade Federation, led by its viceroy, mm-hmm. Newt Gunray, has blockaded the, <laughs> the planet of Naboo in hope of resolving a galactic trade dispute. I mean, could you have come up with something else? like A little more a little, exciting. Like, it's just so boring. Or even if it's that, just don't focus on that that much. Yeah, it's, it's background, dude. Yeah, seriously. It's it should background. Just, like, all we need to know is that, like, someone kidnaps the fucking queen. Yeah, it's such a simple story. And someone's yeah. trying to take over power yeah. of the fucking Senate. Cool. But, like... And there's someone's so, pulling the string. Yeah. There's so much like going on, like with it's just all this terminology and jargon that's just like, what are you talking about? I just don't yeah. care. Like and I don't should... want, I, I co-see movies to escape real life. <laughs> I don't want to see this shit. It's going on yeah. right now. I can turn on like CNN right now. Exactly. Just... We're literally seeing it. But yeah. like like and again it would have worked better in the movie if you're just if you're just following Qui-Gon, Nobi Wan. Jedi Master and then Padawan and they get thrown into this thing that they don't even understand yeah. they don't have the full picture yet that could be like us it'd be like it's all background and they've just been sent on this mission and they just keep stumbling into shit you know they're like oh fuck they're trying to kill us oh yeah. fuck we escaped to this planet how do we get off oh we found this kid oh this kid actually like really powerful on the force maybe we should take him with us oh fuck we're gonna save the queen 
oh fuck, we gotta fight this devil horn yeah. dude. Like that could be really fun. It's there. It's the DNA. I mean, that's is the original Star really Wars as well. Movie. Exactly. Because you're like with, I mean. you're with the characters most of the time, and then you they don't know anything. Like you, you occasionally pop over to like you know very short the, cutaways. The the bad Beta. the baddies talking in the background, but it's like it's all and it's just like find them. Yeah, yeah. It's all like <laughs> just like moving the story along. You know, and Much this better. is just like we cut to these like super CGI fucking looking idiots talking nonsense. And it's just like, what are you talking about? Like, just go back to the heroes. So basically, Chancellor Valerum, played by Terrence Stamp. Fucking General Dotted in this movie. <laughs> He's just fucking there. Yeah. Um, of the Galactic Republic, he sends Jedi Knights Qui-Gon Jinn, played by Liam Neeson, and his apprentice Obi-Wan Kenobi, played by Ian McGregor, on a secret mission to meet the Trade Federation to settle the crisis. But hey, they don't even really introduce Qui-Gon Jinn or Obi-Wan. They just say they're Jedi Knights. And yeah. you don't even learn Qui-Gon's name until they're on Tatooine, which is about like 40 minutes into this film. That's bad. That's, That's bad crazy. writing. Yeah. It's crazy. Like you, Like, literally, you could have just like, I don't know. Like, I, I agree, and we'll get to it a little bit in just a second. The whole Obi-Wan idea of just him kind of just being the one. Mm. And then, you know, Qui-Gon gets introduced a little bit later. But mm. that was the original idea. Um, but Obi-Wan, like, you know, I want to know more about these characters. I want to know them. And I feel like you don't get to know them at all. Because... No, who are they? You don't even introduce like them until cutout. so far, so far into the movie. And they're surrounded by fucking Jar Jar Binks and like Watto and all these other fucking CGI characters that are really stupid looking and it's just bizarre. And then you cut away so much to other CGI characters who are actually giving away the exposition. Why can't we just like get a message sent to the Jedis and the Jedis like, you know, coalesce some of these. Yeah. And they talk about like what is going on instead of, like having this horrible trade negotiation crap going off with <laughs> CGI characters in the background that just like, oh, it's so boring. I, th- I think there's something to be said like as well for like this was before a time where this was the normal way to make movies, which had yeah. acted in front of a fucking blue or green screen yeah. talking to tennis balls. You know what I mean? Like this is still quite groundbreaking in that respect. So it's really awkward transition. And you, I think that's affecting the acting as yeah. well, along with the really stiff uh, dialogue. But it's just like, it's like a lot of, I mean, it's, I'm surprised it works at all. Like Jar Jar Binks is always a presence there. He always feels like a real presence there and eye lines match up. But it's like for the few real people in the scene, it's very like, yeah, very, very mechanical, very odd. Very, again, it's just something I don't think Lucas is interested in or good at. Yeah. You know, like just, yeah, a little more just concentration there on those characters. He's, because it just, he's it makes too it, into it the special effects and stuff. Like, you know, yeah. he's just yeah. too out there into outer space. Like, and he's not yeah, thinking like, about like the actual real. With like James Cameron now, man. Matter. Like, I don't give a fuck if you can make a whole CGI world. Make an animated film then. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Avatar, it's just, I get it. I get, like, you're into this thing. And, it, yes, it's very it's technically incredible and it's impressive. But, like, I don't give a shit about yeah. these people or yeah. the story, man. Like, that's, you know, I guess that's a, yeah, like, I get the different kind of sort of groundbreaking yeah. and, you know innovation but like that one doesn't interest me as much like you just need both like yeah. 
I feel like the original Star Wars movies had both and like, or like a Terminator had both. Yeah. It looked amazing and it pushed the form forward, but there's a story there that I care about with memorable characters and affecting moments. And it's just, this movie is like really missing. Like all my enjoyment is like projected onto it. It's the fact that I like Star Wars and I like all the dumb shit around it. Yeah. It's nice to see that like Mandalorian's kind of getting that, like, yeah, it's giving yeah, you like sure. a really cool story that I, like I fucking like love that little fucking baby Yoda and I want to yeah, I would kill for that. Yeah, thing. it's like I don't want anything bad to happen to it. And you just you're right there with, you There's know, no fucking Pedro Pascal, Yoda. who's fucking lovely. And he's got a yeah. fucking mask on the entire time. Like, exactly. You see it done so well there. And like, I hate to do this because it makes me sound like such like a, a fan, like only like new fan, but like there's no baby Yoda here. Yeah, there's yeah, like yeah. nothing. And it should be Anakin. Yeah. It should be this little kid who just like, you die for really him. sweet. You just love. But like, I, yeah, I should it's love like this Luke. kid. It's I like Luke. It's like you really like, even though he's, he can he's be annoying at times. Yeah. But, but you like, love you love him. He's a lovable no, character. Whereas Anakin is just not. And I think that's partly because they picked the wrong kid. We'll get to that. But yeah, yeah. And there's no. You need like a like a Han Solo as well. Yeah. You need a guy to yeah. come in and act like you or me watching it and being like, this is stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is happening? There's nothing grounding you here. No, I think yeah, they tried to do exactly that with Obi-Wan, it. but like, you know. He doesn't though. He doesn't he's at all. Like, what? And I think he he's so, he's, I don't know. This is young Ewan McGregor as well, and he's not quite polished yet. And he's, I think, it, like you said, a lot of people I think were kind of, like out of the loop with this weird it's so much cgi going on this is really was pushing the limits at the time mm. like now they've got it like you know it's like whatever fucking yeah. cookie cutter who cares but like back then that was like dude you want me to look at what and like they yeah. were doing a lot of weird stuff like where you know certain sets were like only up to just over the actors heads because like everything else above it was cgi so it didn't even matter mm. um i think liam neeson was so tall that it actually kind of like caused a little bit of issues because like they had to make things a little bit higher and it cost them more money. But like Liam Neeson has gotten into trouble about like him basically saying that we're basically puppets now. Um, and he got in hot water and he was had to defend himself. He's like, no, I actually really liked working on this film and I liked working with George Lucas. But I think people just like saw him saying like, you know, Oh, we're puppets. They can do whatever they want to to us. That like he was shit. Took it badly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Liam Neeson, he signed on without even reading the script. He he was just really keen to be in the movie. Um, I fucking would too. (laughs) George Lucas originally wanted an American actor, but Liam Neeson was like he said that he was a master actor who uh, other actors will look up to and who has got the qualities of strength that the character demands. I was Schindler. (laughs) My vague accent won't be distracting. I was Schindler. <laughs> and if you have my daughter, I will find you. <laughs> uh, Neeson was around 46 during filming and he's playing Qui-Gon at the, at the script age of 60, apparently. Uh, earlier drafts of the script did see <laughs> okay. Obi-Wan as a fully trained Jedi Knight and he was the only Jedi sent to be a negotiator to Naboo. Qui-Gon wasn't introduced until Coruscant, which meant that he was around the same age as Obi-Wan. But he was changed to be Obi-Wan's master to add the genera- generational passing of the torch with the Jedi tradition. So you get to see, you know, Obi-Wan with his fucking Jedi braid. Like, the so braid a and a rat tail. Yeah, which is a Padawan thing. Yeah. And when they become a Jedi master, they cut it off, the braid off mm. with their lightsaber and they can grow their hair out. 
So that's and like, they all do, <laughs> which they end up showing Anakin with this shitty little braid. How do they? Uh, is it a clip on braid? No, like, they made him grow it for real. Because like, because <laughs> Anakin, like you know, you just he was like literally a second ago. It's like how 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 does how does his hair get so long? How do you get it's, that really long braid? It's just an extension. Can Yoda? So he do doesn't that? feel weird about the other kid. Is that one of, of Yoda's Yoda powers. <laughs> He's like the the fucking uh, braid. You will grow now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the guy who's just like one long beard. Obviously, it's like oh that. yeah, the Santa Claus. The hey, Santa Claus guy. Hey Santa Claus, give him a bit of your hair for a braid now. <laughs> um, yeah. So Ian McGregor was cast from a short list of actors that were compared to the pictures of younger Alec Guinness. So that's how he got the role. Other actors on the list were Kenneth Branagh, Ray Fiennes' <laughs> younger brother Joseph. Hugh Jackman and Tim Roth. What a fucking ragtag wow. crew. That's an eclectic group. Yeah. Um, but you and McGregor won it out. Um, McGregor meticulously studied several of Alec Guinness's performances, including Star Wars. And when he found out that he was cast, he had his first lightsaber duel with Noel Gallagher <laughs> <laughs> using prop lightsabers owned by Noel in the back garden of Noel's Bell Size Park House. So he was That's there amazing. like on an all night party, like binger or something. Mate, I'm going to be in Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Which is hilarious. Uh, yeah, Ian McGregor, like he is the best part of this trilogy, but he's not that great in this film. No, I think he really starts to pick here. up from the second film on because the yeah, second film th- is just, he's the only saving grace. I think, yeah, I think it's him like, you see, I, I wish you just used him more. He's just there. Yeah. And like, I mean, they keep him on the ship the entire time. Yeah, that, that felt really weird. They cut back to him and he got a bad wig. It's clearly been a fucking reshoot. Yeah. And like, yeah, like it's only really right at the end where he comes into his own. And I guess that kind of works story-wise. Fucking Qui-Gon is killed and he had to easily take care of fucking Darth yeah. Maul. Cut that motherfucker in half. And then from there, he has to now pick up the torch and carry on the mantle. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's just not used enough to like, yeah, he's still finding it here. It's a bit it's a bit of an awkward performance, but yeah, he will get better. Yeah. <laughs> well, unknown to Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan, the Trade Federation is in league with the mysterious Sith Lord Darth Sidious, who offers to <laughs> offers them <laughs> to invade Naboo with their immense droid army. And also to kill the two Jedi. With gas. Following a failed attempt to force their way into Gunray's command center, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan escape, and they flee to the surface of Naboo, where they meet a local Gungan outcast, <laughs> Jar Jar Binks, played by Ahmad Best. Aww. Oh, Mui Mui, I love you. You almost got us killed. Are you brainless? I speak. The ability to speak does not make you intelligent. Now get out of here. No, no, Mr. Stay. Mr. called Jadjan Binks. Mr. your humble servant. That won't be necessary. Oh, but it is. It is demanded by the gods, it is. Best was hired uh, after casting director Robin Garland saw him on a performance of Stomp in San Francisco. Okay. He was originally intended to provide motion capture data because on Stomp, you know, he's like moving around, he's doing all this stuff. Mm. and But his offer to voice the character was accepted. So on set to provide references for the actors, Bess was clothed in a suit made of foam and latex. You can find images and footage of this if you search Tatum? for it. It's pretty entertaining. Mad awkward. Yeah. Mad awkward. 
Yeah. Uh, and yeah, his his uh, performance is later replaced with the computer generated character of Jar Jar Binks, but his voice is being used, which is, yeah, I mean, you know, whatever, fair fucks this guy. He did what he had to do. Oh yeah, I don't blame this dude, but it's all bad. It's all bad. The whole choice of it is bad, and there's so there's so much time. You know, like I can, I don't. It's the same thing with the Ewoks. They don't bother me as much though. Like only in their films did they bother me. Like, but in Jedi, like they're not nearly as annoying. They're in it a lot, but they're not nearly as annoying, and they serve a fucking purpose. Even he understood that. There, they do take down the fucking empire. You know, they do help. Jaja does nothing. He How just keeps does it like failing uh, upward? Okay, like yeah, exactly. Like I've said this before. I think I, I, definitely to you all, fair. But how in the fuck <laughs> do they make him like General. a member of a senate? <laughs> yeah, and then like a senator later. What? And How? like, luckily they put him in the background in those films, but. But like he's a war this, hero, right? How did like they make it. him a fucking general? Even he crashed a car or something, and that got him fucking ostracized from the community. But like a day, but Qui Gon like gives him his seal of approval, which was definitely a mistake. Yeah, like just because he leads them down into the fucking city doesn't mean he's like actually useful. And like that could have been a good moment. Yeah. That would have done a lot if that at the end of that in the fucking battle scene at the end he like. You know, he fucking he pulled the shit together and he does lead the army, even if they lose. Yeah. But like, even if he does like make a stand and really try and prove himself at the leader, he doesn't. He yeah. just fucking falls over the droid and he accidentally shoots them and he's hanging off the cannon. And then there's just so much of it because Anakin is doing the same thing. It's all like just bullshit comic relief. Yeah. And it's not funny and it's so annoying. There's so much time dedicated to it. Like occasional jokes, I like. I like that bit where Qui Gon grabs his tongue. Funny, but there's so much outside of that that I just could do without. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's multiple tongue things. So he grabs his tongue when he's like eating the snacks and stuff or whatever mm. that he's he's basically stealing. But then he also yeah. like shocks his tongue on the fucking pod race thing on the pod and race, numbs yeah. his mouth. But that's where the famous uh, gif comes from. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. But it's, <laughs> yeah, well, could we use that last year? It was like Jojo being came on screen. I'm like, you know what? I bet this isn't as bad as I remember. And it was. <laughs> yeah, dude, it is. Yeah. It's like the thing. If like, you're not a Star Wars fan and you're listening to this and you're kind of like laughing at us, like being angry about it. It's like, dude, just like go watch it. Like you're going it's to be so angry about it. it. Yeah. Like, cause he's so annoying. And I think like you can see why I think I was when I was watching this again the other day, I was just like, I can see why hardcore stone cold Star Wars fans from back in the day who are so amped up for this. They are waiting around the block trying to get into the, to, to just buy tickets to go see this a month later. You know, mm-hmm, yeah. they're so excited to see this new Star Wars film. And then they get given this character like you can see why they were pissed off. It's <laughs> yeah, fucking horrible. That- yeah. It's horrible. It's so annoying. But like Phil, you said you said it's just bad, right? It's just bad. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of bad, no. Michael fucking Jackson expressed interest in playing Jar Jar Binks. Didn't happen with Peter Pan. It didn't gonna happen. happen like, with how does Jar that Pink. come up? He's like the new, like <laughs> he's the new Brian De Palma. <laughs> Like, he's just coming up, like, popping his fucking nose into these episodes. Like, I want to be Peter Pan. I want to be Jar Jar Binks. 
Apparently he wanted do to you? he wanted to do it in prosthetic makeup or something, and George Lucas wanted to do it with CGI, so it just didn't happen. But like, mm. what? That feels he like would have a definitely joke, moonwalked. Right? It feels like a joke, but I buy it. Yeah. As Jar Jar Binks, you know, brings them to the underwater Gungan settlement, the Trade Federation captures Naboo's leader, Queen Amidala, played by Natalie Portman, maybe. Uh, Doing a voice? Portman (laughs) was hired because Lucas saw her in Leon, the professional and beautiful girls. He stated, I was uh, looking for someone who was young, you know, know, (laughs) very young, you know, someone who was like maybe 15 and, uh, you know, and then quite, oh, no, sorry, she's. She's supposed to be older because, like, he was nine years old, and you know he's got to be like, you know, because he if he's twelve, what he originally was going to be, um, it's just not that's not believable. It's like you know, it's it's not like it's not fun anymore. So you know, he's got to be nine, and she's got to be like maybe sixteen, maybe seventeen. You know, actually, yeah. man, I'm thinking <laughs> about aging her up a yeah. little bit. Uh, <laughs> Fuck you, George Lucas. Yeah. Fuck you. No, he said, I was looking for someone who was young, strong, along the lines of Leia, and not only embodied all those traits and more. So, yeah. Okay. Through a Jedi mind trick, Qui-Gon secures a submarine, which he, Obi-Wan, and Jar Jar used to reach the capital of Naboo and rescue Queen Amidala. Amidala at times would be played by Kira Knightley in a ruse that's later revealed that, you know, her handmaiden Padme who's played by Natalie Portman is actually the queen blah 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 it's very confusing <laughs> if you're a kid because they look exactly the same with the makeup on yeah um, did you know Sofia Coppola was also one of the queen's courts members really yeah I think she might even have a line that's funny another children of men. children of men I'm telling you dude Little oh uh, the group departs for Coruscant and the Galactic Republic's uh, capital planet uh, to seek help from the Senate. During the escape, the ship is attacked by the Federation blockade, forcing R2-D2, one of the ship's droids, to fix the shields. The attack damages the ship's hyperdrive, forcing the party to land on the desert planet of Tatooine for repairs. While searching for needed parts, Qui-Gon and a handmaiden named Padme befriend, it, befriend young Anakin Skywalker, played by Jake Lloyd, a nine-year-old human slave gifted in piloting and mechanics. So it was over a two-plus-year journey of seeing over 3,000 young boys from the United States, the UK, <laughs> Ireland, and Canada who all went out for the role of young Anakin Skywalker with three actors making it to the final round. And they were Jake Lloyd, Michael uh, Angerino, I can't remember how to say his name, um, but like, yeah, he's been on a lot of things. I wish they would have gone with him. Although, all right, whatever. Uh, and Devin Lloyd. Yeah. Okay, so Devin Lloyd is kind of an interesting character here. Um, there's That's the one they made the documentary. There's about. a documentary about him that came out like I think like last year or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, through New York Times or something like that. I can't remember. Uh, you can watch it. It's very interesting. It's only like 16 minutes long or something. And they talk about the documentary that was made around the same time, like. Uh, this film was coming out called like searching for Anakin or whatever it was where they go through all the casting process. There was like lots of names here and there, like Michael Angerano, like he's one of these guys who um, who's had a long kind of career of, he was in like sky high and he was in all these other, like, you know, kids Mm. movies and he graduated to doing like bigger films and stuff. Like I remember it was in like Dogtown and Z boys and 
yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. he's Lords had Dogtown, a yeah. Uh, yeah Lords of Dogtown sorry yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but he's had a nice little career um, there was a kid who played like Beaver and Leave It to Beaver the <laughs> like movie in the 90s there was like Malcolm in the Middle uh, the, the kid who plays Reese I think he went out oh, for it like, really? um, so yeah there was like that's not bad. Quite an eclectic crew of people, but these three were the ones who made it. And Devin Michael basically never had a career after. Uh, he kind of just like dropped out of making movies, but um, he was actually pretty good. He looked good. Michael Angerano, like I think is probably the most talented of the three. Mm-hmm. And then Jake Lloyd, if you watch it, if you watch that documentary, he actually does come off the best. Um, and in oh, the Jake screen test, like mm. with, cause they were all sent out to Skywalker ranch and, um, you know, doing this in front of George Lucas, Natalie Portman was there as well, even doing like the screen test with them and they were filming it and just trying to figure out who was the now best. Now Natalie Anakin. fall in love with this nine year old boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Jake Lloyd actually was, he, I mean, in my opinion, when I'm watching it, he actually does come off the best, mm. but like, man, dude, I feel Not bad for him. Jake Lloyd had had a hard fucking life. Really hard life. Did nerve it, He's man. Like, suffering from Star mental illness and stuff as well. Yeah, Star Wars fans are the fucking worst, yeah. man. And hopefully they've learned, you know, like they just cast a young Luke for that Obi-Wan show. Yeah. Please leave that kid alone. Yeah, stop being like, fucking assholes. Yeah, like we already, we're, you know, like, you know, speaking after the Alex Winter event, like that's, you know, someone who's very open about talking about you know, child stars and show big kids and he'd made documentaries about that and like, you know, keeping that conversation, you know, public so we can not let that keep happening to kid child stars who like are used and abused and exploited. Like it's a it's just such a tragic story and it keeps happening. Yeah. And he's not good in here. But he wasn't good at like jiggle the he way either. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's just he's not it's not there. He's just not got that like Yeah present or that like ability i don't know but and he's got really hard lines to deliver he's got like i'm a person my name is anakin yeah you know it's just like come on blame it on fucking george lucas don't blame it on this little kid yeah man know? he did exactly what Ana- fucking anakin he did exactly what lucas wanted him to do yeah george lucas so, is the one who wanted him he cast him he wrote the shitty script it's like they're shitty movies like stop taking it so seriously, <laughs> like, seriously. yeah this kid doesn't fucking ruin the franchise yeah. it's not like You're you know george is right there yeah George is way worse, like yeah. way worse. And I'm not even blaming the fucking actor who did it because he did. I'm his not blaming job any of these people. Yeah. They're just all it's, of them together. Blame George Lucas. He's <laughs> yeah. a fucking idiot. That's why people versus George Lucas is great. Um, <laughs> Jake Lloyd, you know, of course he wanted out. He was six years old when he started going to auditions. Eight years old when he's filming, and it was he was ten years old by the time the film came out. So I mean, it's a long process. Just the poor kid. Um, Qui-Gon Jinn, he, he senses a strong presence of the force in Anakin and he feels it may, he may be the chosen one, mm-hmm. an individual, the Jedi, I believe will fulfill the prophecy by bringing balance to the force. He's metachlorian to off the roof. <laughs> <laughs> At Anakin's assistance, uh, insistence, Qui-Gon enters Anakin in the Bunta Eve pod race in a bid with Anakin's master, Watto. To gain the needed parts for and Anakin's freedom uh, to fix their spaceship and and to also yeah Anakin's freedom. Anakin eludes several obstacles, including a rival racer Sabola, to win the race, gaining his freedom and bankrupting Watto. After hesitation, Anakin leaves his mother Shmi 
uh, Skywalker. What a fucking dumb name. Played well, by- not not before telling him that he's the fucking divine birth. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. She told. Well, him. She, that's yeah. fucked up. That's definitely a lie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. She's played by Pranilla August and his droid C three PO, who's there as well because God, he has to be ah, Anthony Dan C three PO. He leaves them behind on Tatooine and he goes off to the uh, with the Jedi's. As the group prepares to depart, they are attacked by the Sith apprentice Darth Maul, played by Ray Park, who battles mm. Qui Gon until the heroes escape. Man, fucking Darth Maul. So Benicio del Toro was originally cast to play Darth Maul, but he, Holy he shit. left the project because a lot of the characters' lines were cut out. Oh man! And yeah, oh, did he fucking talk in this movie? He says it's like a few lines. I feel like I left the room the only time he talked because by the end I was like, "Did he talk?" Well, he talk? does talk because there's the famous person who does his voice. So, oh yeah, you're so, right. Because it's not the guy yeah, playing so him. Ray Park. He's a martial arts champion with experience in gymnastics and sword yeah. fighting. He was originally a member of the stunt crew and stunt coordinator. Nick Gillard filmed Park to demonstrate the, you know, lightsaber battles that he was kind of coming up with and stuff. And Lucas and McCallum were so impressed with the test tape that they gave Park the role of Maul. But his nice. voice was considered too squeaky and he <laughs> was dubbed over in post-production by Peter Serafinovich. So, like, yeah, funny. Yeah. Weird, like all these like patchwork things yeah. to make it work. He is fucking uh, cool. Ray Park was also uh, Toad in X-Men. Oh yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that. Fuck Just yeah. that everybody needs to know that. <laughs> And didn't he post a dick on the internet or something? Oh, yeah, he did, dude. Oh, God. <laughs> Sorry. I remember, um, like, back in the day when they kept talking about doing, like, a live-action Dragon Ball Z film before they made Dragon Ball Evolution. Like, everyone Awful used to movie? say, like, Ray Park should play Vegeta. Uh, but, yeah. Oh, man, that would have been cool. Yeah. But no, no, stop whitewashing it. But, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, that would be a good... No, I don't want to do it. No. If you got money to throw at us, We'll talk about that movie. Oh yeah, that's a Patreon yeah. room. Because my Jonathan, life. you're like a proper Dragon Ball yeah. fan. Room my life like- on Patreon.com forward slash the PCC podcast. Become a good big old boss. Support us for that amount for one month only, and I'll talk about Dragon Ball Evolution. But I ain't talking about that shit for free. Fuck no. <laughs> uh, okay, so they're on Coruscant. Qui Gon informs the Jedi Council of the mysterious, well-trained attacker. The council is made up of Plo Koon, <laughs> Kiari Mundi. Uh-huh, Sasi uh-huh. Tin, Ith Koth, yeah, I know the old Even Piao, Yarel Poof, Opo Rancisis, Adi Galia, Depa Bilaba, Biliaba, <laughs> and the Yoda looking Jedi with hair named Yaddle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and of course, senior members Yoda, who's okay. voiced by Frank Oz. Yaddle. And Frank Oz did do the puppet work, the puppet work, but uh you know, later replaced him with CGI, which is I mean, it's shame. a bad puppet. It's a weird puppet. Yeah. It's, it looks worse than the fucking original somehow. And of course, we have Mace Windu as Samuel Jackson. Samuel Jackson. Jackson got the role because he appeared on a British talk show to promote a different movie and casting director Robin Garland heard him say something about how he really wanted to be in the new Star Wars. So he was hired. Nice, easy. Yeah. And he got the fucking cool lightsaber and everything. The, the fucking pip. So apparently this Yaddle character was supposed to be Yoda when he was like younger. Like the Pac-Man? Like, <laughs> yeah, basically. I mean, because it looks like Yoda, but it's got like this like shitty hair. Mm. It just looks bizarre, like a fucking mullet or something. Yeah, and it's yeah. like 
brown, brown hair. And I think they originally, like the concept was that was going to be young, a younger Yoda. But then they, they were like, no. And they just made it another random Jedi. Cause it's not, yeah, it doesn't work. Cause it's like not long enough. Like if that species lived for hundreds and hundreds of years, yeah. he's not going to age significantly in 20 years. Yeah, seriously. Like know? if we're watching like, you know, especially Mandalorian now that, that baby is 50 years old. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he's still a baby. Yeah. Uh, the Jedi Council become concerned with Qui-Gon's news that this may indicate the reappearance of the Sith and imposing order that followed the dark side of the Force and had long ago disappeared. Qui-Gon informs the Council about Anakin hoping that he can be trained as a Jedi because we learned earlier that the boy's midichlorian count was off the charts and that the product he was a product of immaculate conception born out of midichlorians and the one who would bring balance to the false. Jesus Christ. I mean, I don't really care because, like, I don't give a shit. I'm over but it now. Like the, 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 I love that the, the midichlorians force. piss people off so much. Yeah, the force has been, like, yeah. you know... Like, it's expli- stupid. Like, explained and remystified over yeah. and over again. It is stupid. It doesn't. It shouldn't be like that. Anything that reinforces the idea that only a select group of people have yeah. access to this, yeah, I think yeah. it's a damaging idea. Yeah. Also, real quick, back to the all the names. I'm not going to make you do them again. All the Jedi names. Yeah. You know, what happened to just Luke? <laughs> the, you know, there's still space for like yeah. normal names. Not everybody has to be like Yaddle or Album Nine. That's you know, <laughs> it's fucking George Lucas. Like, apparently, right, there was one. There was one named uh, Plo Koon. George. Plo Koon. So That's all right. That's Plo Koon was originally uh, Plon Koon or something like that. Plon Koon. And that was because that's what one of the guys who I, I can't remember who it was, but whoever it was used to call their kid that. And George Lucas came in and uh, and it was supposed to be an homage to the kid, came in and just crossed out the N and it became Plo Koon instead of Plonkoon or whatever. Plonkoon. Sure. Whatever. Plo is better. Like, what a fucking loser. His name is stupid. Uh, okay, so... Don't as, stupid. I love it. After they test it, the boy, the council refuses, uh, you know, where the Anakin is too old for mm. training and they fear his anger that he harbors will cloud his future. Who gives a shit? How do they know who gives... I don't... You're scared. Yeah, I'm fucking nine. I was torn yeah. away from my mother and now I'm in on? front of a group of people giving me, like, these weird mental fucking Bill Murray and Ghostbusters tests. It does know? seem a bit rapey. It's like, he needs to be younger. Oof. Stop, George Lucas. He always wants someone to be younger, George Lucas. You fucking creep. <coughs> Meanwhile, Senator Palpatine, played by Ian McDermott, um, retroactively reprising his role from Return of the Jedi, which is pretty fucking impressive. Um, yeah. He's he's the senator of Naboo. He persuades Amidala to you know call a vote of no confidence on Chancellor Valorum. The vote removes Valorum from power and leads to Palpatine's nomination for the position which Almadala considers too late to be effective. To stop the Federation invasion by herself, the Queen decides to return to Naboo with her security team, the two Jedi, R2-D2, Anakin, and Jar Jar. And on Naboo, Padme reveals herself as Queen Amidala, and she forms an alliance with the Gungans for the Battle of the Trade Federation. That just feels like it happens way too easily. Uh, (laughs) It's just like, whatever. The Gungans march into battle to divert the Federation army away from the capital, allowing the others to infiltrate the palace. Once inside the palace hangar, the Jedi 
free several Naboo pilots who regain their starfighters and assault the Federation droid ship. As they make their way to the throne room, the infiltration team is confronted by Darth Maul. Bringing in the best part uh, of the film. Da, da. The big lightsaber battle. <laughs> Duel of the Fates. Fuck yes. <laughs> so good. Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan engage Maul while the others take a, an alternate route. Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan duel with the Sith Lord amongst Holy the catwalks. Shit. It's always a catwalk, I guess. Uh, it's always got to be There's a catwalk. so many fucking catwalks in Star Wars, yeah. man. Just like, Dangerous. Why are you I just want a rail, like right here. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah and and they're always like in some powered generating reactor core always <laughs> yeah uh right. anyway obi-wan is briefly delayed because of these like doors and stuff which is weird, yeah, weird so fourth field yeah. qui-gon and maul basically fight each other in the meantime uh meanwhile queen amadala because this is what we're talking about we have this cool battle going on but then we have to keep cutting back to other things so queen amadala and her forces fight their way into the palace and capture newt gunray the viceroy of the trade federation mm. who cares <laughs> anakin inadvertently joins the dogfight in space because he's like hiding inside of one of those fighters and uh, whoa this is intense he's flying who cares as well it's on it's on automatic pilot <laughs> you're gonna have to Fuck. get us off of this r2d2 <laughs> oh my god uh, just do it like just do the thing man yeah. uh anyway he ends up destroying the droids control ship which basically kills all the droid army by droids. accident yeah and uh yeah the gungan people beat the Celebrate. gungans beat all the droids i don't care i mean jar jar's doing stuff it's just like oh it's Get back to the fucking battle. Okay, so we're in the reactor core. Qui-Gon, he yes, 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 yes. re-engages Darth Maul single-handedly, but he is mortally wounded. Obi-Wan. Mm, he gets popped in the face. <laughs> and stabbed, in the, stabbed in the stomach. Pretty yeah. brutal. And then Obi-Wan just breaks out. He finally gets through. And he comes in and they have this really intense lightsaber <laughs> battle. Totally angry. <sighs> and so yeah, he fucking kills Darth Maul slices him in fucking half. Slice him in half. See, that's a cool thing yeah. that show's not been like expanded universe. Now they've done it on like Clone Wars or Rebels, I think. Darth Maul comes back and he got these metal legs and Obi-Wan just fucking killed him again. It's <laughs> great. Nice. Yeah. I mean, wasn't he in Solo? I haven't seen Solo, but I, I He's at the end of Solo. that he was in Solo. It's right at the yeah. end, yeah. Uh, with his final breath, Qui-Gon instructs Obi-Wan to train Anakin to become a Jedi. Uh, apparently, Ewan McGregor was making lightsaber noises when he dueled, which they had to be corrected in post-production. He's a what a fucking nerd. I blame Noel Gallagher. Noel Gallagher was yeah. probably just like, just like, no, this guy's do it, mate. Hey, mate, uh, you gotta fucking make the noises. How do you think they fucking do it, yeah? <laughs> fucking doing coke. It's <laughs> like, yeah. No, nah, mate, you gotta do, the, you gotta do the fucking. I'm so Sally can wait. <laughs> In the aftermath, the newly elected Supreme Chancellor Palpatine congratulates Amidala in her victory and promises to watch Anakin's career with great interest. Great interest. Mm. <laughs> he knows right away. It's like I'm gonna fuck that kid up. Fuck this kid. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, the Jedi Council promotes Obi-Wan to the level Jedi Knight. And Yoda reluctantly accepts Obi-Wan's request to train Anakin as his young Padawan. During Qui-Gon's funeral, Mace Windu and Yoda agree that the person who killed Qui-Gon must have been a Sith. 
but the Sith are known to only have a master and apprentice. I mean, I don't. This exchange is so awkward because yeah. it's because it's Yoda saying always in two, like they always come in two. Always in two, the, the, the master and the apprentice, and then Mace Windu said the same thing back. He's like, "Yes, but which one is the master and which one is the apprentice?" <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. That's, that's, that's exactly what, what he just said. Yeah, and and yeah, in Grand Star Wars tradition, a large celebration is held on Naboo to celebrate the yeah. world liberation, and, and they new burn, a body. <laughs> burn a body. Burn a body. Filming began in June <laughs> It ended on the 30th of September that same year. Primarily, it was filmed in Leaves and Studios in England. The forest scene of Naboo was filmed in Cassiobury Park in Watford. And they were returned to the Tunisian desert for the Tatooine scenes. Mos Espa, uh, which is the it's not Mos Eisley, where uh, the scenes of Tatooine are, was built outside the city of Tozer uh, in Tunisia. And on the night following the third day of shoot there, an unexpected sandstorm blew through, destroying many of the sets and props. And the Tunisian army had to come in and rebuild it, and it put them way behind schedule and stuff. So they had to, like, shoot these things much later than they originally intended. Um, and The Phantom Menace, it was actually the last Star Wars movie to be shot on 35mm until Force Awakens. So it was, yeah. the, like, a couple of shots were done with digital cameras, and it was mainly George Lucas, like, just testing it out because he knew that was the future um it doesn't have to be but uh you know <laughs> but yeah the next two films in the in the prequel trilogy were filmed 100 digital so mm-hmm. uh all the editing and post-production special effects took about two years paul martin smith started the process in england and focused on dialogue heavy scenes ben burt who was the film sound editor was responsible for action sequences under lucas's supervision and non-linear editing systems were played uh, they played a big part in the translating Lucas's visions because he constantly tweaked and revised and reworked shots and scenes so they were just editing when they could what they mm. could and Lucas is just like no put this here put that there that behind the scenes stuff is amazing because you're just watching like the his fucking crew go crazy yeah slowly like, where he's just like making them tweak little yeah. things over and over again until he's just like nah too much too much <laughs> and they're just like oh my god the final sound mix was added in March 1999 and the following month the film was completed after the delivery of the remaining visual effects shots there was about 1950 shots Whew. And Phantom Menace that had visual effects. God damn. Jesus Christ, man. John Williams came back in full force with an incredible score. I would say this is probably one Maybe. of the best things about this film. The music is fucking amazing in it. Oh, it's dope. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I mean, you always fucking bring that out. Obviously, like the notable track we've already talked about, Duel of the Fates. It's mm. like incredible. So good. One of the it's best iconic. Star Wars like songs ever. It's amazing that he's done. Like the, the the Star Wars theme, you have the Imperial March. Those are like iconic. Already, themes. he didn't have to do anything else. He, he didn't have to go that hard, again. man. Yeah, he didn't have to. <laughs> Especially, I mean, this is 1997, so that was a long time ago. Still, mm. you know, in a galaxy but, far, far away. <laughs> but like, dude, holy shit! Like, he had already done so much up to yeah. that point. He didn't he got have nothing to go left that hard. to prove. And he still hadn't even done fucking Harry Potter yet. Fuck. Fuck Harry Potter, but that music is amazing. Is yeah, but yeah, it uses like the chorus to give like a religious temple-like feel to the epic lightsaber duel. The track was made into like music videos. 
And then he also composed a really nice theme for Anakin as well. And he tried to reflect the innocence of like the childhood, but he also foreshadowed the transformation of Darth Vader. So there was slight suggestions of the Imperial March. Mm-hmm. I mean, even at the end of the film, there's like, I don't know if this is added later, but the Darth Vader, like, <coughs> like is at the very end of the film. Like That's the cool. final credit. Um, yeah, it's really cool, man. Fucking John Williams. Amazing. <laughs> As with the previous Star Wars films, Fox released this film in cinemas. Fox released the first trailer with strict instructions that it not be shown before a certain date. And when a Canadian movie theater accidentally showed it a day early, they lost the rights to show the movie. Oh, wasn't worth it. Imagine that. Worth it. Imagine that. God, how much money they lost out on. Because during the first week of the film's trailer release, many theaters reported up to 75% of their audiences paying full price for a movie and then walking out after the Star Wars Episode One trailer. Yeah. <laughs> so they weren't yeah, only man. making money on the movie. The time before the internet. Yeah. Yeah. They weren't only making money on the, the movie itself, but they were making money on all these other movies who happened to be showing the Star Wars. Yeah, trailer. why is this movie like doing really well at the box office? <laughs> oh, it's because <laughs> fucking Phantom Menace is playing before yeah. it. $20 million was spent on advertising and Lucasfilm made promotional licensing deals with Hasbro, Lego. Get that toy money again, man. Tricon Global Restaurants, which uh, comprised of KFC, Taco Bell, and Pizza Hut. I vividly remember the marketing at all those restaurants. I remember. I remember the toy. Yeah. And of course, Pepsi Cola, because they had those goddamn collector cans. I swear. <laughs> yeah. I had. I've seen them. I had like every single one. It was so cool. Like that was one of the coolest things about it. Cause it was like, I remember one of my best friends in the world uh, from back home. And it was when I first really met him. He basically, um, his sister uh, dated my sister back in the day. And uh, when we basically like met the first time, I remember it was before we became, we became like classmates, I think the next year. And we, that's how we became best friends. But like, I met him at like, it was like the 4th of July, I think. And it was like this fireworks display and like our, our fucking siblings were talking to each other and we got stuck just like, who are you, you fucking kid sort of thing, yeah, like yeah. talking to each other. And I, I think we both had like a fucking Pepsi can with the Star Wars thing. And we were talking about collecting all the Star Wars cans and we were both that's collecting cool. them. Um, and I remember having them all and I had them in like, there was a special Pepsi, uh, shelf that, you know, you you buy to put all the cans on display. I had them all and I didn't open them, but then like I had them in my closet for like, and it was like years later and they just all started to explode. (laughs) No, <laughs> they were just exploding. So, like, yeah, I definitely threw all those out because by oh, that point, man, I didn't that's care. Such a shame. But, yeah, like, fair it enough. was just that's so funny. No, I remember having, like, a gift, but this is like before my brother was getting into Starwood here with Phantom Menace, but I would jump on a bit later. Um, but I remember just like having around the house, like, these little, like, heads, like, statuettes that I think they were from KFC or something, yeah. like, having like a Darth Maul one and stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I vividly remember the. But the promotion yeah, yeah. like like it's so like now it's so common it's like every marvel movie gets fanfare like that but like when we were growing up that was so rare and star wars was one of the few things that like warranted that level of hype yeah and promotion yeah, yeah. especially and it was, you couldn't it was all around you like with toys like that as well like you know they had the toys that were like um exactly like 
the toys back in the day as well. I remember like the re- cause yeah, they re-released yeah, like the a lot Ken of the adults. old toys, and then mm. they also like had all these new toys that I remember having, like the the Obi Wan and the Qui Gon and the Darth Maul, maybe a little Anakin as well. I remember having all those toys, but they looked exactly like, but just ni- a little bit nicer because they're like, yeah, modern, yeah. They but, they would continue that. They yeah. do that now even. I think there's like a name for the series, yeah. but they kind of make it look like the old toys. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, the infamous teaser poster as well with Anakin with the, the shadow. shadow which is really cool like a, a really cool poster. that was released yeah. in November of 1998 and then you also had a novel novelization of of it written by Terry Brooks you had this comic series which I think I might have had some of the comic books of as well from Dark Horse Comics and you had the video games which there was a tie-in uh, on PlayStation and PC I played the PlayStation movie one yeah, yeah. which I don't think I ever played those because I don't I didn't have a PlayStation at the time, but I did really play difficult. the pod racing tie-in game called Star Wars oh. Episode One Racer, which was released yeah, yeah. on N64 because I had it in N64, and that game was really fun. Like, yeah, just yeah. a shitty pod racing game, you know? Just, yeah, like really a car racing game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the release of the first new Star Wars film in 16 years was accompanied by a considerable amount of attention. According to the Wall Street Journal, so many workers announced plans to view the premiere that many companies closed during the opening day. Queues formed outside of cinemas incredible. for over a month before ticket sales began, and there was some issues with scalping as some of the tickets were sold as high as a hundred dollars a piece. Could you imagine seeing it, paying a hundred dollars to find a minute? <laughs> yeah. You would you would convince yourself it was great, right? You yeah. would n- refuse to believe that, like, fuck it out, what was that? Despite worries about the film being finished on time, two weeks before its theatrical release, Lucasfilm moved the release date from May 21st to the 19th of 1999 and this was i think so that they could allow true fans to come in a few days early see the film before all the families would see it at the weekend which was the original day of the 21st the film opened at 12.01 a.m on wednesday the 19th of may in 1999 in 2010 theaters in the united states and canada and an additional 960 theaters screened the film later in the day about 120 theaters showed the film continuously on opening day, including the Siegfried Theater in New York City and the Chinese Theater in Los Angeles. Few film studios released movies at the same time because they were just worried about competition. Bad idea, yeah. Uh, DreamWorks and Universal Studios released The Love Letter on the 21st of May and Notting Hill on the 28th of May, respectively. Uh, The Love Letter on the 21st was a bomb. It was a commercial failure. But Notting Hill, it fared a little bit better. It followed mm. Phantom Menace closely in second place. Different crowd. Um, yeah, very different crowd. <laughs> Even though it received mixed reviews, The Phantom Menace was a huge financial success. It broke many box office records in its debut. It beat out The Mummy, taking the number one place uh, at the box office. The film broke The Lost World Jurassic Park's record for the largest single-day gross for taking more than $28 million in the opening day and the fastest to gross $100 million in five days. And I think it kept breaking all these records, like fastest mm. to 200000 fastest to 300000 and that would be held until Spider-Man by Sam Raimi was released. Fuck yeah. So yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Just my two boys going at each yeah. other. It grossed uh, $64.8 million in its opening weekend, the second highest ever at that point. And... It would ultimately earn 1.027 billion Ooh, on a shit. 115 million dollar budget. So it did all right. 
Didn't probably going to get that fecal. <laughs> uh, it's pretty funny because following an advanced screening on Saturday the, Saturday the 8th of May in 1999, several newspapers broke an agreement with Fox and published reviews of the film on the Sunday. In a front page review, the Los Angeles Daily News gave it three and a half stars, calling it pretty good overall and <laughs> outstanding in many right. parts. The New York Daily News was less positive, giving it two and a half stars. And Variety also released its review on Sunday by Todd McCarthy, with McCarthy calling it the most widely anticipated and heavily hyped film of modern times, but said that the film can scarcely help being a letdown on some levels, but it's too bad that it disappoints on so many, (laughs) and that it was neither captivating nor transporting, uh, for it lacks any emotional pull as well as the sense of wonder and awe that marks the best works of sci-fi and fantasy. <laughs> Deep cut, man. I mean, many aspects of the scripting and the characters were criticized, especially that of Jar Jar Binks, who was regarded <laughs> by many members of the older fan community as toyetic, a merchandising <laughs> opportunity rather than a serious character. Kenneth Turan of the LA Times described Binks as a major miscue a comic relief character who's frankly not funny and also like they thought he was racist you know so it was like a lot of people comparing yeah fuck didn't forgot to even touch on that yeah black minstrel ass stereotypes um yeah man i think they were also talking about the whole jamaican sort of patois like you know and the gungan thing yeah yeah. it's just a bit weird and racist yeah and then also there was a lot of um, people interpreting Watto as a Jewish stereotype. And I think even the, the I can't remember the main Gungan leader, the master Gungan leader, they were... Boss Nash, yeah. Yeah, Boss Nash, yeah. They were, uh, basically, they were upset with, like, basically just thinking that was depictions of, like, you know, Eastern Asian, or, like, Southeast Asian people or something like that, just thinking it was kind of racist. <laughs> it was all across the board, yeah. that's pretty much, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that's about it. I mean... We'll get into a couple of random facts as we close up. I mean, mm. it's the only Star Wars film where nobody speaks the word lightsaber. Because Anakin calls it Qui-Gon's laser, laser sword. sword. Which I love. I love that he calls it laser sword. It's so, like, undermining. I love it. Luke, like, Mark Hamill does the same thing in Lost Jedi, and I really I really like yeah. that. There's a funny moment where Qui-Gon's got his little communicator, and I remember during the pandemic, I think I pulled this up as a random, like, hey, let's 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 make some fucking content because there's nothing else to talk about. So I was doing these random random facts on on our social media, and I uh, found out that Qui-Gon Jinn's communicator was actually a Gillette sensor cell razor for women. uh, Oh, really? Remodeled to look like a communicator. That's funny. They should have had given him like the new land of phone. <laughs> Natalie Portman missed her premiere party for this film because she had to go home to study for her high school final exams. Priorities. When, I mean, she's smart too. She actually she, did go yeah. to Harvard, I think. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, she didn't have to steal it. Uh, when fully dressed in makeup, Natalie Portman and Keira Knightley resembled each other so much that even their mothers didn't recognize their own daughter. <laughs> That's funny. Did they do like a little parent trap? <laughs> <laughs> Tupac Shakur. He was a Star Wars fan since childhood, expressed interest for a leading role, and he even lobbied with mutual friends of his and George Lucas to get them in touch with each other to set up a meeting so that he could read for the film. 
But unfortunately, his tragic murder in September of 1996 prevented any such meeting from taking place. That would have been so sick, dude. Tupac and Star Wars. It's uh, speculated that he might have been up for the part of Mace Windu, but the character name was not publicly known before filming. And also, it wasn't specifically written for an African-American until Samuel L. Jackson was cast. So He was not for Jar Jar, maybe. Yeah, maybe Jar Jar. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> it's like fucking Jar Jar. Yeah. He's like a gunto in rapping yeah. fucking Gungan. He's like, I got the juice, Qui-Gon. What's going to do about it? Yeah. <laughs> um, and lastly, Jake Lloyd has said that there is a six-hour cut of this film out there. I've, I've heard about this, yeah. Allegedly, Matthew Wood, who is a voice actor and sound designer who got his big break on episode three when he did the sound design, and he's the voice of General Grievous. Oh, um, and he later became an uh, Academy Award nominated sound designer on films such as There Will Be Blood, Wall-E, <laughs> and he's done all the most recent Star Wars films. Um, he was doing some voice work on Phantom Menace, and apparently Lucas gave him a six-hour cut of the film to watch. And Jake Lloyd said that he said it was mind-blowingly awesome. So I don't know if this is true or not. If it is, I want it. Do you want a six-hour version of this bullshit? I want to watch that. I want that so badly, dude. There's the original cut of Star Wars. Have you heard about that? Like the original Star Wars. 1977 Star Wars. There was a version. It's called the Lost Cut. So this is this kind of gets compared to that. Because there was a cut that like... No, no, I have heard of this. Yeah, yeah, there was an original editor. He cut the film. And George Lucas saw what he did. And he kind of hated it. And he fired him. And then he he got it recut. And that's what we have now. But apparently that exists. There's Star Wars, the lost cut. Like it apparently existed in yeah, yeah. in the archives and it will never be seen probably. Just like the original films will never be seen again. Um, the shame. But yeah. So apparently there's a six hour cut of this. I don't want to see it. This film is horrible. How much more it. fucking trade rebellion shit can we talk about? It might just turn around and so good. You're like, you know what? Actually works, but it needs to be six hours <laughs> to really understand Satan how Tango. he was trying to cheat with that dice. <laughs> fucking Satan Tango, fucking seven hour movie. here. I'm done. I'm done. All right. Phil. Final thoughts? Final thoughts. Episode one. This is what I want to say about episode one. It's a weirdly inspirational movie for me because... <laughs> Especially going into a f- making a film. And like, I, you know, as much as I, we'd love to make fun of George Lucas here, he's an inspirational guy. Like, that dude has like changed Hollywood for better and for worse and has always remained like an indie filmmaker at heart. And that's what you're seeing here, right? Like you're seeing in the nicest possible way, and I think I've said this to you, Fair, in the nicest possible way, you're seeing the prequel into like watching a guy just fail on the biggest stage <laughs> of them all, right? Just a guy with infinite resources, infinite money, top of his game, completely missed the mark. Completely just like not deliver what anybody wanted out of this franchise. But you're seeing a guy do exactly what he did. This is exactly the story he wants to tell, exactly how he wants to tell it. And that is inspirational. That is like pure like artistry that is pure creativity it's, I'm not saying it's g- good but it's like you're seeing a real like he's making it with the same spirit as the original he's making it with the same spirit as like I am trying to make my film 
and I appreciate that on so many levels. Whether you know whether the film came out great or not, it's a different thing. But like how he made them and the fact that he did make them, the fact that he made people wait twenty years and then gave them this really fucking weird movie that didn't really do any of it. There's some great moments in it, perfect sequences in there. But I can see why it's disappointing. Basically, what I just sent you here. What, cause what you were saying reminded me of something and I don't mean to be a Mr. Baseball over here but you basically teed it up in my head um, you're talking about a man who comes out on top of his game he's got all of the tools and he fails miserably on the biggest stage of them all this, I just sent you a gif of 50 cent um, throwing out the first pitch at a New York Mets game <laughs> it's the funniest fucking thing ever so right. if you listen yeah. to this go look it up 50 cents just opening now first pitch talking about missing the mark this is george lucas <laughs> with the first star wars film this is actually the fourth star wars film. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the first film oh my god <laughs> holy shit are you trying to hit a cameraman like a what the shooto, fuck are you doing it's a shooto if I've ever seen one it's a shooto it's a shit that's embarrassing dude yeah. has he ever thrown a ball <laughs> yeah has that's George just, Lucas ever made a movie <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, perfect yeah that is the Phantom Menace and I yeah. you know it's Star Wars I love it all the good and the bad but Jesus Christ you know what it's fine this movie is fucking fine. It got the pod race, which is the main thing. Yeah. The of Faith it's two it's scenes. It's really goddamn boring. It's got two awesome scenes that are like kind of fucked over by annoying stuff during during the middle of them as well, which is kind of annoying. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but it's, yeah, it it made me no matter what after all said and done. Sorry, it made me actually excited to do more. Yeah, I don't know why, but I get that. I I'm a all. glutton for punishment. I guess so. I'm ready to do. You're more a freak in well. a cage. I'm a freak in a cage. Um, I yeah, dude. I mean, I loved this film when I first saw it as a kid, and I had the toys, and I was excited about it. I got lightsabers. I used to lightsaber battle my friends, and you know, we were all about this shit. I played the video game; it was fun. But seeing it later, and I'm just like, dude, this sucks. And then <laughs> I started to grow an appreciation for it more because it gifted us things like fanboys, yeah. like. The People versus George Lucas. These things wouldn't exist if Star yeah, Wars didn't cool. suck when it came back <laughs> for Phantom Menace. So you see, it needs to suck. Yeah, another it's thing. part of the plan. Another thing. Uh, spaced. You know, like, you weren't yeah. there. You don't know. You weren't there. <laughs> so good. I mean, so all those things, like, just make me so happy. And the fact that people take it so seriously and the fact that we've gone almost two hours again about a Star Wars film and just getting oh, really so angry sorry. about it. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's fun. It's funny. And I don't care if people like this film or not. Like, it, it really doesn't matter to me. And I, to be honest, like, I don't care if people like the old ones. I don't care if people hate the old ones. I don't care if they like Mandalorian and they hate... To be honest, I don't care if people like any of the shit that's out there now. Mm. You know, or if people think that they're they're garbage films, it's like I'm sick of the fucking. I'm sick. I don't care. The conversation. The conversation. Yeah. Either way, we're gonna talk about we're it. We're gonna talk about it. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> All 
All right, so ladies and gentlemen, that's it from us. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this. We finally did it. We gifted you what you wanted. Yeah. I hope it lived up to uh, I it, like over well over a year of wait, maybe even two years now of wait. Two years. Yeah, yeah. it's been two years since we last talked about an actual Star Wars film, probably. But anyway, I hope it was worth the wait. I hope you enjoyed what you got and uh, you enjoyed this episode. And, you know, if it was worth your time, then go support us over at patreon.com forward slash the PCC podcast. You get bonus episodes if you support us from five pounds or four pounds and up, whatever. Um, and also, if you want to buy a freak a cage, freak the cage. You can do that there. $1,595. <laughs> Um, two bonus episodes uh, you know of your choice and also you know we'll put you in a cage we'll live stream it Um, it'll be great be more watchable than this we're (laughs) gonna be like I don't know what's gonna happen over the next few weeks we're gonna try to have episodes for you guys but I just really realized how late it is (laughs) Bill's gonna be making a movie so um, I don't know what's gonna happen ladies and gentlemen we'll figure it out uh, but I'll try to either get you guys some bonus stuff or we'll try to, uh, I don't know, we might take a break for a few weeks. Who knows? But anyway, okay. it's okay yeah. if we take a break, right? We, we deserve summer holidays from time to time, don't we? Um, so don't we? <laughs> that's why we gave you this long-ass, fucking huge, disgusting yeah. episode here. <laughs> Enjoy it. Mamma Jamma, man. It's been a while. It's been a while. And next time you hear from us, though, we'll be going into that little thing that we were uh, hinting at over the last few weeks. Children of men. Children of famous men. We're going to get lost in some children. We're going to get lost in some children of men. (laughs) (laughs) Where we'll have four weeks of like really nice, snappy, fun little episodes of uh, about Lost in Translation. Uh, We've got what's the next one? Juno. Juno. And what's that after? Stand by me. Stand by me? Oh yeah, it is Stand by me. And, and then, then a secret one. Secret we won't one. tell you. So these are all... You'll never guess These them. are all directors who are children of famous directors. Um, you can go guess ahead and start leaving, leaving your guesses of who, yeah, who the fourth one. secret film will be four weeks down the road or however long it is. I don't know. We might <laughs> take a break. Anyway, me now. Phil, do you have anything to say? Last words closing up about Star Wars or just... Uh, about you're gonna go make a movie yeah i mean last dying when i really have to pee um that that was my last word um (laughs) i've i gotta pee yeah i gotta pee (laughs) i mean thank you i've made my feeling clear on phantom menace i'm gonna take everything i learned from watching the star wars movie and make literally the opposite film (laughs) but it's gonna be a film where people talk about star wars a lot yeah, dude, you've um, got Phantom Menace jokes in this crowd. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. It's, it's no actually spoilers, kind of perfect but... leading into it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm going into it. I'm really nervous. I'm trying to be excited. It's just going to be a really long three-week night shoot. Um, you might not see me around the cinema too much. Um, I'll still be working, but not as often, obviously. Um, but once that's done, I'll try and get out. I mean, yeah, like I'm not... a online anymore really but uh i'll want to i'll try and maybe i'll give some stuff to you like bts sort of pictured and i'll try i mean like everyone who donated i'll do an email and let you know how production's going and try and keep you updated there but it's it's happening now um so i guess wish me luck break a leg i don't know i don't know um yeah everybody wish 
Phil Luck over at the PCC Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Or you can pop us an email Thanks. at podcast.princecharlescinema.com. Just yeah, send your well wishes to Phil as he's embarking on his first feature film. Um, I'm excited for yeah. it. I'm going to be there at least one of the days, maybe two of the days. I don't maybe know. Maybe two of the days, yeah. And Tom with Julia, she's an extra. Um, yeah, I'm going to put yeah. you in a mosque. Yeah. Like, what would you put me in? Because I feel like I, you're not going to find a nun. I'm going to put you in a. Me. No, I'm going to put you in a. Ju- I'm going to put you in a Julie Andrews paper mask. Ooh, good. Okay, cool. It's just so, so people are like, what the fuck in this movie? Yeah. Why is he playing two characters? I'll take a guess. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Cool. Well, everybody, I hope you enjoyed this Star Wars. <laughs> I'm not doing that again. It's a Star Wars. It's a Star Wars. It's the first one, but the fourth one. Again, it's the fourth somehow. One. It's the fourth Star Wars. I hate myself now. Oh, I forgot to say, and also, uh, if you really want it, I mean, they might come a lot sooner than next May the 4th episodes. Let us know. Two Could- and three we're thinking about it just we need a little push we need one person to be like yeah i'd watch that oh, i'd listen to that Keep and we'd be like yeah okay we have to now also quick shout out to the new fans who've been listening since the alex winter stuff there's been a couple of people that hit us up to say that like they enjoyed it and they've been enjoying the podcast and they were asking for tips of like listening order and all that sort of stuff so that's fucking oh, amazing great. amazing oh, man. i'm trying to give them the best tips and stuff because i'm like yeah if you listen to the early part of the podcast it's like whatever it doesn't matter it's just kind of weekly what's going on but then as soon as the, the pandemic hits, stuff phil and i oh, lost our minds and yeah then you almost kind of want to listen to it in order because we start like freaking out about like you know, snacks and going crazy and then then meta episodes and yeah. Yeah. We do movies and we travel and we come back to ourselves. (laughs) It's a real journey. A real journey. Thank thank you for joining us. Yeah. Thanks so much. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. It's, I promise it's more than us just shitting on something for two hours. (laughs) Yeah. All right. I mean, that's also good. That's enough. That's enough. I mean, Giorgio is not that bad, right? Really? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this podcast is presented by the breadcrumbs collective home of the pod charles cinecast caged in copo connections a drip town limery main franchised and many more to come our shows are all presented ad free and made possible by listeners like you please support our shows by subscribing leaving ratings and reviews and becoming patrons at patreon.com if you'd like to learn more about breadcrumbs head over to breadcrumbscollective.com Breadcrumbs. It's more than a podcast network. It's family.